And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. And welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania where we broadcast live every weeknight from 7 to p- seven to 10 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Folks, we're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. And you can watch us live, well, usually on our official YouTube channel, unfortunately right now due to a number of factors. And I suppose the guest and topic might be a factor, at least I believe it to be. Uh, you could watch us live usually on our YouTube channel, but not tonight, folks. We're, we're dark on YouTube, but uh, going strong all across the United States and worldwide on the Global Star Radio Network, as well as simulcast on BTR, Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget, folks, we've got uh, two, actually three, Two separate websites, Hagman and Hagman.com for show information and HagmanReport.com for information and analysis. And I'm Doug Hagman at the helm with fellow investigator, investigator, researcher, and most importantly, my son, Joe Hagman. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. We're going to get right at the, right to the show tonight. We've got a, just a fantastic program planned for you tonight. Want to mention, however, Portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by nuts.com. That's nuts.com. Are we nuts? We must be if we're doing this. Yeah, nuts.com. What a great website, folks. Visit nuts.com. There you're going to find an incredible array of snacks, nuts, and what, uh, whatever might tickle your taste buds. Just use our program code, our code, HH, in the microphone box. That's nuts.com, HH, in the microphone box. Also, WholeTonesLive.com, WholeTonesLive.com. What a great website for music, the King David uh, music, uh, the, just to calm your stresses as we have them here in our office, the stresses, but uh, they're offset by WholeTonesLive.com. Joe, it's got a great show uh, tonight, uh, hours one and two. Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and also a very special guest tonight as well. Not that Steve's not special, he certainly is, but uh, indeed, a gentleman behind the movie Amerigeddon. Amerigeddon. Oh, next next stop, if you haven't seen it yeah. before, uh, or if you haven't seen the, the trailer for it, it's linked off of hagmanandhagman.com and stevequayle.com. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a fantastic show tonight. Um, and this uh, Amerigeddon movie uh trailer can be found <clears throat> if you on the facebook site um if you just go search amerigeddon a m e r i g e d d o n amerigeddon you can find the trailer and watch that and if i uh, remember correctly i believe he said the trailer has over 300,000 views already lots of interest in this film Absolutely. And, and uh, Steve uh, Quayle is our, is our guest. He's going to be interviewing Mr. Gary Haven. Steve, we're going to turn it right over to you, sir. Well, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's really important that, just to put everything into perspective, I told uh, 
Gary Gary Haven, who is a producer and the first gentleman you see addressing Congress in the movie Amerigeddon. But I think, Doug, why don't you read a little of his bio? Because I think it's important for people to understand that this is not just a, an ordinary man that God has raised up. This is an extraordinary man. And I say that with uh, full honor to the living God. But, you know, God places strategic people in strategic places for the absolute uh, time that, in essence, we're all created when we give our hearts to the Lord for those purposes he's provided for. So go ahead and read his bio, if you would, because I'll do the interview, but I want people to hear who he, who it is we're, uh, you know, interviewing. And when you're talking about Gary Haven, you're talking about a man that has a pretty amazing communication skills, but more than that, leadership skills. And my prayer tonight is that people will get an, uh, an understanding for the heart of the man behind this movie, because as I told Gary, I said, Gary, you're surfing the headlines on a daily basis, and the show, the movie will be released, I believe, in uh, early April, uh, and that's still up in the air. But anyway, Doug, go ahead and read his bio. Uh, you know, as much as I'd like to, Steve, I don't want to get it wrong. Our computers just went out across the board here. Okay, I have got. Are you no, kidding I, me? No, Gary, welcome, no. welcome, welcome to computer uh, uh, purgatory. I guess you'd call it. So, it, I, it, yeah, it, we're just hanging by a thread. So, if Gary can introduce himself, we, we'd be much obliged. Go ahead, Gary. Well, give a little background. <laughs> okay, uh, Steve, it's uh, uh, what a uh, gracious uh, intro you've already began. I, I appreciate those kind words and. Um, uh, I, I, I'll tell the audience a little bit about myself. I'm a, uh, 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 a former CEO, and I was the founder of Curves, the women's fitness franchise. Uh, my wife and I founded it uh, 23 years ago, and it became not only the fastest growing of any franchise company in history, uh, in the largest fitness franchise in the world, uh, in, with locations in over 90 countries, uh, uh, but... Uh, the tenth largest of all franchise companies in the world, and the, we attribute the the success curves to 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 a couple of things. One is honoring God in all we do, and and the Bible says that if you honor Him, He'll honor you, and, and He was faithful to do just that. Uh, we also uh, went to work each day with a set of values, Judeo-Christian values. You know, those old-fashioned values, and they're simple. Tell the truth, do what you say. Uh, uh, he who would be greatest would be the servant of others. And we proved that those Judeo-Christian values were a fabulous foundation to build a business on. And uh, uh, over this last 25 years, uh, uh, having uh, the opportunity to... to reach out and, and, and influence the quality of life of millions of women, it, it gave me a, a, a platform to lift up uh, the unborn uh, and, and, and to lift up women in, in cultures in the Middle East and Japan and other places where they tend to be considered second-class citizens. And uh, So I've just had a great uh, privilege of, of being able to serve and, uh, yeah, you know, there's an old baseball metaphor. If you serve, they will come. <laughs> and I, I tell you, uh, if, I want to encourage people to do that in their daily walk, uh, to get up and do something, be available. And I'm at a 
point in my life now where I've sold my company. I've been retired for, for three years, and I have, quite frankly, uh, a great deal of wealth and uh, in, a, in a platform to, to, to continue to serve. And my goal right now is to, uh, uh, to do a couple of things. One is I, I'm a pilot, and I fly food and medical supplies into Haiti and, and uh, Central America, and we feed tens of thousands of children a day. Uh, that's a great privilege. Uh, and also uh, had an opportunity to influence the culture. You know, our country is in a very desperate situation, and uh, I, I realized that you could, if you could entertain people, that they might listen. In other words, uh, if you had made a great movie that was fun to watch, but it had a message that was deadly serious, that uh, that that people would come and they would hear the message, uh, and and then we could make a difference in our country. And of course, the movie that we're going to talk about tonight is *Amerigeddon*, and it's about uh, uh, an electromagnetic pulse that uh, uh, is is. Uh, uh, Perpetrated on America, and and it and it's about the government and its uh, uh, unwillingness, even uh, maybe enabling this to happen to bring down our society. So, uh, uh, thanks for the opportunity to let me introduce myself, Steve. Well, I think, too, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that's uh, important to understand is, is that Gary has a heart for women and for the unborn. And while women's rights movement people claim to represent the women, Gary can tell you from around the world as he ministers and feeds them literally and provides seminars, health issues for them, uh, medical issues, or not uh, medical services, forgive me, that they see a different uh, uh, America than what's portrayed on uh, the movies, excuse me, the television screen, because Gary's out there where they live, and as a pilot, and he's got uh, some amazing ratings and does a lot of flying, I think is critical. Now, Gary, what's interesting is I went and looked up Red Dawn in 1984 that was produced. That was about the Russian invasion of the United States. Patrick Swayze was in it, Jennifer Grey, and I remember remember watching that and believing then that that would be the future of America at some point. Then in 2012, uh, there was a remake of Red Dawn, and the, if you remember, the North Koreans threw a fit because they were North Korean troops that had invaded the U.S. soil, but originally it was Chinese, and it was the Chinese, forgive me, that threw the fit. When I first watched your trailer, I thought, this is my exact first thoughts, and I think most people that watch it tonight, and I'm encouraging everybody to watch it, it's like God gave you a view of the headlines, and in essence, the entire plot of American shows, does it not, were sold out from within? Yes, and, and you know, that's the probably the biggest story that... that uh, 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 that we all should be talking about, and of course Joe and Doug talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, there's a power uh, in this country that that uh, uh, has a purpose, and the purpose is not to for the benefit of, of you and me and our kids and our grandkids. And and depicting that power and, and showing it to people so that they can can become aware is is. Uh, the most critical thing that we can be doing. 
Well, and, and again, it's fascinating because when when you were, uh, how do I say this, deciding to make the movie, you rub shoulders, and ladies and gentlemen, obviously God is blessed with a great deal of wealth. He's in the top 1% financially worldwide. But as you rub shoulders, Gary, with the, and talk to the movers and shakers and guys that are, you know, in your league, uh, what is the thing that is the most surprising to you? Because I think it's important that people understand, because it seems, and, and, and you and I have talked about it at length, that obviously the control of this country's financial system comes from outside the country. But do you believe that the majority of people that are in that category of billionaires, do you believe, as you've rubbed, the ones you know, do they get it? Do they really get it as to the lateness of the hour? That's an interesting question, Steve, and and, and I'm, I'm personal friends with uh, a number of billionaires, and uh, and you know, and I every opportunity I have, uh, I, I ask leading questions to try to to discover where they're at, and uh, it's interesting that most of them uh, are simply. Uh, too busy running their businesses uh, to to be involved in something as nefarious as, as what's really happening, and it, when people are vested in their status, uh, they they tend to acquire a uh, a bias to normalcy. Uh, and the more vested you are, and I'm talking about intellectuals and certainly uh, the ultra wealthy. Uh, they don't really want to question reality too much. Uh, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, I'm friends with T. Boone Pickens, and he owns <clears throat> most of the water rights uh, in, the, in, the, in the U.S. Uh, he sits, his ranch, which I've been to, sits on a, the uh, uh, Okalatha, and I'm going to get that wrong, water fire, uh, which goes from Texas all the way up into Kansas. And uh, <clears throat> uh, Dave Hodges often depicts uh, uh, T. Boone Pickens as, as this evil mastermind who's controlled the water for the sake of uh, power and so forth. And, I, and, and having known him and talked to him and walked through over the water aquifer with him, I can tell you, uh, he gives most of his money away. Uh, uh, he's 83 years old now. He's a really good guy who's generous. He just happened to have an opportunity to acquire assets with great value. And uh, I don't believe he's going to hoard that money or, 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 or use it. He's at a point in his life where he's really giving everything away back to people. So I don't think most of these guys are bad guys. They're just vested in their status and their quality of life, and they don't want to be uh, distracted or, or have to deal with uh, the reality that's going on out there. You know, the, the, the really bad people are, are people like the George Soros's or the, the Henry Kissingers. Uh, these are just bad dudes. And uh, these people actively work and pursue power, and, and, and they pursue absolute power. You know, we all hear the quote, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely but there's another sentence to that quote that, that should be quoted uh, and, and the third sentence that you never hear is 
is that and and uh, uh, most uh, powerful people are bad people, and that's the rest of that quote, which I think is critical. Uh, but but uh, most of the wealthy people, they're, they're just busy making their money, and they don't want to risk their status. It's kind of like these college professors who continue to teach this nonsense. Well, they want to keep their jobs, and they want to keep their friends, and that's more valuable to them than truth. So in, in essence, there, and these are my words, ladies and gentlemen, so don't go saying that Gary Haven says this. I always make that differentiation so they, they come at me for this, but, you know, the intellectual prostitution, the friendship with the world is more important than the truth. Is Have you observed that pretty much? And I'm not talking about, you know, it's interesting because there's a difference I found between Texas, you guys that are Texas billionaires, and the European billionaires. There's a whole different, yeah, yeah. I got to tell you something. If I didn't live in Montana, I'd live in Texas. I would. I, I, I love your governor. Uh, and by the way, you know, th- this is on everybody's mind. We're going to go back and forth, Gary. We've got two hours, okay? But even as we're talking tonight, the most dangerous event has happened in Texas with Judge Scalia's uh, murder. The I, I looked up, I actually published it on my website, uh, courtesy of some other guys, actually, that uh, I published it, the laws of Texas regarding all deaths in a situation like Judd Scalia, and autopsies are part of Texas law. Do you believe Governor Abbott will demand an autopsy? Because, I mean, the, the stories are so conflicting, and the reason why, quote, conspiracy theories, and I don't believe in conspiracy theories, I believe in conspiracy fact. When someone uh, uh, initiates a hit, a murder, a takeout, of a Supreme Court justice who stands contrary to the current administration, I would say there's plenty of motive there. So do you believe Governor Abbott will call for uh, an investigation, a medical investigation, and look into it? Because I can tell you this, you know, they said something's rotten in Denmark. Well, brother, something's rotten on that ranch. Uh, you know, at first, when I <clears throat> first heard it and people were talking about this gives Obama a chance to nominate uh, someone before he leaves office and knowing that the Republicans are in charge of the Senate and that they might have enough backbone to do their job I, I, I just didn't I wasn't comfortable with the idea that that, uh, that he was murdered but then I got to thinking about it and of course I read a lot about it in the last day or so uh, there are so many <clears throat> rulings that uh, uh, that are happening now that he won't be a part of. Just getting his vote out of the way uh, opens up the court to 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 vote against Second Amendment rights, for example. So there's plenty of motive to 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 have gotten rid of him. Uh, besides the the opportunity to 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 make a nomination that may or may not go through. So. You know what we have to realize, and this is what's so hard for people like you and me and most most of uh, the American population. We can't comprehend how evil these people are, and what they are willing to do, and and you know we're at a disadvantage because of that. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, the people in power. Now I'm going to make a, a, a strong statement here, Washington. And, and the political uh, power in Washington on both sides of the aisle 
uh, is a criminal cabal. And these people are capable of murdering uh, millions of Middle Eastern children for the sake of moneyed interest. So would they be willing to to kill a <clears throat> almost 80-year-old uh, justice that stands in their way? In a minute, they would. And do they have the means? You know, and you always look at motive, means, and opportunity. Well, they have, they've got the motive, they got the means, and I think they had the opportunity. Well, you know, it's interesting because this comes out right now at the time uh, this is happening as your movie's unfolding, okay? And what's interesting, you say your byline for the movie is a true story that hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're going to have to change it to a true story that's happening now. You know, I, again, <laughs> when, you, when, when did you begin production on this? Well, uh, Mike Norris, uh, who's my co-writer, uh, he's Chuck Norris's son. Uh, he and I began writing the script about this time last year. And uh, we started filming in, in January uh, a, a year ago. Uh, you know, there's so many elements uh, in the movie that are timely. There's the Second Amendment uh, issues. Uh, uh, the, the fact that we show an EMP attack on the U.S. by North Korea. Now, how timely is that? The North Koreans launched a, a, a new satellite, K, KMS-4, on February the 7th. Uh, that's a week ago. Uh, and they have been testing underground, and they claim hydrogen bombs, uh, during the last few months. Uh, we've been monitoring the detonations in our our mainstream media uh, actually makes fun of the low detonation uh, of, of these underground tests when the reality is North Korea never plans to nuke uh, a, a variety of American cities. They'll never have that capability. What they want to do is do a, a low detonation nuclear device that will expend a greater amount of gamma rays which is what destroys electronics. So if 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 I were North Korea, uh, that's exactly what I would do. And of course, we know this. There's been two congressional hearings that uh, have, have told our people in power that this is the most imminent threat to this country. So you have all of this happening in the last few weeks. Uh, 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 and then there's the UN uh, deal where uh, uh, our Secretary of State, Kerry, uh, has given the UN authority to come into our country with foreign troops uh, for our safety uh, in the event we have a disaster. And it just goes on and on and on. Well, and, and I think it's important because in the trailer, and it's AmeriGeddonTheMovie.com. That's your site, is it not? That's correct. I think it's important. I, I think in 90 seconds, you show everyone's concern because, again, uh, the the going house to house for the guns, with the strong support of the Constitution, the Second Amendment by Scalia, and you just mentioned this. I think it's critical that people understand that in the idea of public safety, what that means, bottom line, is everybody who's a bad guy has the weapons. Everybody who's a good guy doesn't get to keep the weapons and the bad guys come after the good guys. And I, and I think that's important. So, Gary, if you were to say, you know, in your movie, 
uh, you know, run through what you want the people to understand, because I thought the guy that's, uh, uh, you know, initiating the order to our president, showing he's basically a puppet, I once said that, uh, you know, if everybody saw the strings attached to the White House, they think that uh, you know that there's there's no thread left in the world because it all runs to Pennsylvania Avenue. So you know, give us if you would a rundown on Amerigeddon the movie and what's what's the most you know half a dozen or what do you want people to leave with? Because I thought the ninety seconds was so uh, compelling. I put it up on my website I think three times in one day, and I said you've got to watch this. You've got to understand. That that what 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 is going on? What's being portrayed in Amerigan? It's like, and these are my words: surfing the headlines. In other words, with every new headline, and these headlines are building. And it's I don't even know, Gary. I know that you probably you know have some idea, but when this is released in theaters, etc., I even I'm trying to second guess, and maybe I shouldn't do that. But what events will be in play? Well, it's playing out in essence. You're, you've got a movie on the screen, Amerigeddon. You're dealing with the uh, the EMP attack on the United States of America. You're dealing with the confiscation of firearms. You're dealing with the uh, takedown of the United States from enemies within being controlled, uh, excuse me, the enemies in Washington being controlled by both the enemies within and the enemies without. And, and I mean, that blows my mind. Like I said, 90 seconds, uh, you, you, you give them a reality check. So what are the other things that you're going to portray in the movie, obviously, without, you know, giving anything away? But I'm afraid the headlines will probably, uh, you know, basically, you and Mike are going to have to say, you know, hey, you know, we may need to bring this out a little sooner. Obviously, I'm chomping at the bit. And, Doug, Joe, I've been talking to Gary and say, man, we got to get this thing out there. When I say we, I'm talking about those of us who are helping him in the uh, field of the alternative radio, alternative media, and and so go ahead and, and take your time and deal with that issue. Well, first of all, uh, the the purpose of making the movie, and I I want to restate that, it, 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 to try to get people's attention uh, uh, is really tough, and and I realize that uh, people enjoy being entertained, and so if you can make a movie that's uh, Entertaining, uh, but it's also fact-based, and and I was committed to to uh, to uh, uh, everything being as accurate as we possibly could make it. And it's kind of almost eerie right now with all of these things going on, uh, uh, just as the movie's coming out. But I wanted people that have a passion for truth. That, and also a duty to 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 warn people of what's coming. It, it even and we all know that the, the names were called and the ridicule we get for doing it. Uh, this is a vehicle for all of us uh, to come together. The Hagmans and you and you know Alex Jones had a neat role in the movie. He played the evil senator. And he was particularly evil. He did a fantastic job. And so we created this this entertaining movie uh, uh, as fact-based as possible so that we could get the message out and, and people would come and watch. We could bring our friends. We could bring our family members that uh, 
you know, they really don't like to listen to this when we try to talk to them about it. And so hopefully this is going to be a tool for all of us to use to, to, to wake people up in this country, uh, uh, to wake as many people up as we can while we still have time. And I think the, the, the story begins with, with recognizing that uh, we have lost our country. Uh, our country is controlled by uh, uh, a shadow government. Uh, uh, it's controlled by uh, an elite that have in their sights uh, a, a, a one-world government, and they've been working on it for many, many years. And they have accomplished so much of it. And the timing now uh, to, to finish what they've begun is, 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 is imminent. And uh, I want, first of all, people to, to, to realize that, uh, uh, for example, the president is just a puppet. Uh, he, he was brought into office uh, uh, through uh, the interest of, of these people in power, uh, and he makes his decisions and policies and, and uh, what we do in the mid- Middle East or the Ukraine or at the border are all part of what he's told to do. And if, if, if you want some evidence of this, uh, this uh, last year, Princeton in Northwestern uh, uh, published a study, and uh, it's real easy to find online. And they looked at policies, federal policies, from 1981 to 2002. And, and they wanted to determine who influenced federal policy. Was it the, the voters of America? Were policies instituted in their interest? Or was it in the interest of, of those people that have money and influence? And their conclusion uh, in their study is that the average American voter has zero influence on federal policy. And in fact, the moneyed interest in this country uh, are the ones that make the decisions. Uh, Jimmy Carter, who was somebody that I would think I would never agree with, came out, uh, I think it was in December, just a few months ago, and said, America is no longer a democracy, it's an oligarchy. And that's Jimmy Carter, the man who had a staff of trilateralists on his Program and and so there's really and I think most Americans realize that uh, uh, that, that we no longer uh, have a country that is a uh, uh, a constitutional republic. Uh, it it is a um, uh, it's a it's a criminal organization now. And so you know when you realize that and and, and you've got to begin there. You know, if if these people uh, uh, don't have our interests at heart and have only their own power and acquisition of wealth at heart, what would they be willing to do to to diminish us? Now, Henry Kissinger said uh, uh, a few years ago that the only thing standing in the way of a new world order is a strong America, and he fully intends. Uh, along with a lot of other people like George Soros to diminish the U.S. so that they can build a world power. And uh, it, 
there's a principle called the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, it's also known as the Cloward and Piven strategy, named after a couple of Princeton professors. And that's to create chaos. And if you're in power and you create chaos, it's an opportunity to acquire more power in your attempt to solve that chaos. So they deliberately create chaos. And, and it, opening the borders to unvetted Syrians uh, is a, you know, what, what, using your common sense, who in the world would do that? Uh, there's no reason to do that. You know, you can put this thing on hold until the FBI can figure out how to vet them. Uh, and, 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 and what a novel idea. Hey, let's not go to Syria and, and uh, destroy their homes and their livelihoods in the first place. So they would have to flee. You know, this is a deliberate effort to create chaos in our country so that they can assume more power as a result of it. And so if that's their strategy, then, again, what are they willing to do? Well, I believe they're willing to let North Korea Debt, uh, detonate uh, uh, an EMP bomb over our country. Talk about diminishing our country so that they can can bring in their new world order. And uh, so the movie begins with my character uh, going before a Senate hearing, challenging them to do something to protect our country from its most imminent threat. And there were two congressional hearings, I believe there were 2006 and eight, uh, where we had EMP commissions. And people like Dr. Peter Pry, who's an expert on this, testified that this is a real threat, and, and we need to do something about it. And uh, uh, our government uh, uh, initially had a, uh, a law uh, that they were going to to, to pursue to, to harden our grid. And what that means is take the electronics around our country, particularly the power uh, transformer boxes on all of our uh, uh, utilities across the country and harden them. Uh, the cost was about $2 billion to harden the grid so that our uh, uh, electrical grid system wouldn't be destroyed from an EMP. And instead of uh, 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 passing that law and funding it, they, uh, which, and by the way, we gave Pakistan $2 billion last year. So this isn't a lot of money to protect our country. And to jump ahead a little bit, if, if, if that satellite that North Korea has coming over the United States three times a day at 300 miles above our surface, which is the optimum altitude for an EMP device, if that goes off, you have the electrical grid in the entire country uh, uh, destroyed, and, and, and it will be destroyed. Some of these transformers take three years to replace. And by the way, they're only made in China now. And this entire country would be without electricity. That means that most water systems would cease to function. You have no water in your homes. Uh, the Internet would go down. The banks would close. There would be no banking systems. Uh, there would be no on-time delivery of groceries. There would be no, no delivery of fuel. We would be back to the 1800s. 
And the EMP Commission determined that within 12 months, 90% of Americans would be dead. So I'm arguing that they they do something, and they're arguing back that uh, I'm a nut. And uh, and then of course the uh, uh, the EMP, EMP happens. And one of the side benefits of the movie is the prepping that I do. And uh, you know I'm an old Boy Scout, so you know having. Uh, Food and, and water and protection in your home is kind of a no-brainer to me under any circumstances. Uh, but with the, a government that uh, is committed to bringing down our country, uh, it, it's it, it's absolutely foolish not to take some kind of preparation. The average American is nine mils away from starvation. Uh, people don't have provisions in their home. And so I show how to prep for this and what the preps mean after it happens. Another interesting uh, uh, thing that I show is that the the star in the movie is a young lieutenant. And he's my, uh, kind of my protege in the movie. And, you know, he's fully aware of the threat to his country. And serving in the Army uh, as an officer, uh, he is faced with a decision where he's ordered to fire on American citizens uh, when he's told to take away their weapons. And I want a million soldiers to watch this movie so that they can see this decision and how he goes about making it. And we, we, we actually have him say in the movie that he is not required as an American soldier to obey an unconstitutional order. And this is important that soldiers all over America see this movie so that they can think about this before they're asked to do it one day. So uh, the the themes, uh, as you notice, uh, are, are based on a lot of facts. I'll, I'll give you another one. The National Defense Authorization Act I'm sure our, our audience is familiar with that, but our Congress each year renews this thing. And I'll tell you a funny story. I grabbed my uh, congressman uh, last year, and I said, uh, did you read the National Defense Authorization Act that you voted on? And he said, well, no, not really. And I said, you do realize that you passed a law that says that the president can declare an emergency for any reason where he can arrest anyone suspected of terrorism or terrorism ties, have them arrested, held without charges, without legal defense, indefinitely, and you have just removed the, the, the Fourth and Fifth Amendment to the Constitution do, do you realize as a Republican that you did that? And his answer, and it was, it, it, and it's in the movie, by the way. I actually quoted him in the movie. His answer was, it was just a funding bill. And the other executive order that's so horrible is Executive Order 16. Uh, oh, lost my number on it. Uh, I'll think of it in a second. Uh, 
where the president again can declare an emergency for any reason and 13603 and and he can take possession of all food all provision i'm standing here on my ranch he can come and get my tractor uh he can come and get me and draft me into a workforce without pay by the way it's specified in there that executive order stands today and and not one Republican that I know of has stood up and said, "Hell no, you're not going to to uh, to create a, a, a dictatorship uh, at your choosing." So we and we quote these things. We quote Kissinger. We bring all this this evidence we possibly can and weave it into the story. Well, I think too that it's important for people to understand that this is unfolding in real time and as it unfolds in real time obviously Gary it's going to become more how should I say this sinister in the ramifications for instance and I apologize for someone trying to beep in I, I don't know how to shut it off on this phone system the, the point is is that we're now living your screenplay and very soon and I pray this is my prayer and you know I prayed for this that people will have their eyes open in in an in, when I say entertaining, it's like unless it's in a movie. I understand why God had to do this. By the way, the very median that would bewitch, betray, and ultimately destroy people, God, when He puts His fingerprints on it, obviously can use the very thing that the devil meant for uh, destruction to, as you want more than anything, and as your uh, efforts around the world to feed the starving, uh, to feed the women, to do what you do, to basically get people's not only eyes open, but hearts open. You know, as you said, and as you have declared that one of your heart's desires is that that the servicemen would see this and understand. For so many years, you know, those of us on talk radio, alternative radio, have been warning about the training going on in the United States by all these foreign governments. Uh, by the way, the United Nations are the ones that are directing the whole immigration policy. And I don't call them immigrants, the illegals, I call invasionists, okay? And you made a powerful statement. They wouldn't be coming here if we weren't blowing them up over there. And so now you've got the intense, if you will, revelations of just how corrupt this country has become. And, you know, the, the point is, is that in your, if you will, prayerful consideration, what do you hope at the end of the movie people understand? Because you say you lay it out, and I've only seen, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make clear, I've only seen the 90-second uh, trailer, and yet I get where he's going, and Gary's, you know, giving me some tidbits. I wish I could have twisted his arm. I, did, I guess I didn't twist your arm hard enough. I would have loved <laughs> to see the whole movie, but, you know, everybody doesn't want me around when they're watching movies because I'm one of those guys that says, and you ought to see the end, it's really cool. But the point is, is that I think the idea is is that at this point that people have got to prepare and in and I didn't see this so in the movie you show do you show that you contrast the people that prepared versus the ones that didn't? Yes, that's correct. And believe me, uh, the the number of people that prepare is uh I'm I am sickened by it. You know, this may be three percent of the population right now. If we could get that to ten percent 
then we could save millions of people. Do you believe by the people you run into, and let's say Mike Norris too, because obviously you guys work together, but you have your spheres of influence apart from each other. I mean, would you guess, and, and just throw a number out there, because I'd ask myself it, but I want to ask you it. How many people that you rub shoulders with really get it, and, and by my definition of getting it is understand what's going on and getting ready to happen, and are preparing and doing whatever they can to prepare and uh, plan for their, uh, their family's safety? You know, I have a counseling degree, so I've studied the psychology of, of all of this uh, over the years. So let me give you a little broader answer to that, and, and then I'll uh, uh, be specific. Uh, you know, we operate with a with a uh, what's called a, a a normalcy bias, and more and more people are are learning what that means. But it's a it's a psychological state that actually works as a defense mechanism. And the way it works is that when you're faced with evidence that threatens your existence, your status, uh, we, we automatically deny it. And and is uh, and, and, and the more vested we are, you know, I was talking about the billionaires or the intellectuals or the college professors. The more vested we are, uh, and the greater threat that evidence is to it, the, the the more creative we get in denying that evidence. And you know, probably a good example right now is the you know bringing in the the, the unvetted uh, uh, what was your word refugees. Uh, I call them invasionists. Invasionists. Well, you know, what percent of them are? You know, we we know the FBI says that up to 10% of them might be. So uh, uh, why do we let them into our country when we can't vet them? And I'm all for immigration. Uh, You know, we all are products of it, most of us. Uh, uh, But uh, uh, the common sense of saying... Let's make sure that uh, we're bringing in people that are coming for the right motive. That's, th- th- you don't have to be a Republican or a Democrat or whatever to, to come to that logical conclusion. So how is it that so many people uh, can come to the conclusion that, hey, this is a pretty good idea, let's bring them in here, whether we can vet them or not, knowing that some percentage of them are radicalized and are coming to cause harm here. How do you make a decision that that's a pretty good idea? And Europe is a good example right now. You know, where does Merkel come up with the You know, it's a pretty good idea to to bring all these you know a million uh, uh, unvetted immigrants into our country. Uh, and 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 the answer to that is 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 one of several things. It can be a normalcy bias because we want to be good people. You know, we want to open our arms to the, to to these people that are struggling and so forth. And I, you know, I get all that, but. Uh, a normalcy bias kind of blinds us to the evidence that that uh, we can't necessarily have an open border w- with, without some vigilance uh, in, involved with it. And by the way, it kind of brings me up to, to to another angle that that I like to talk about. You know, there there are uh, you know three or four reasons people tend to do stupid things. One of them is they're they're just apathetic. You know, they just don't care. And you got a lot of people in our country right now uh, that uh, that you know, to some 
to defend them a little bit, it's a struggle to, to get to work and to take care of your kids and to pay your taxes and 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 uh, you know they they just don't have time to care about these these serious issues. Uh, then you've got the ignorant, those that just don't know and 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 are not motivated to to learn about it. So between the ignorant and the, and the apathetic, uh, uh, these people in power are able to. To accomplish extraordinary things at our at our expense, but but then you've got people like Merkel, who just is plain evil. Uh, and <clears throat> these people in power in Washington that uh, uh, that that are continually voting against the interest of their constituents and then coming back and 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 lying about it, it's just evil. And and uh, so. People like us, you and me, the Hagmans, <clears throat> we we have a, a an obligation. In fact, a, a better word is a compulsion for truth. Now we serve the author of truth, and you know, talking about this puts me at risk. You know, Steve, you're on every red and blue and green list in the world. <laughs> yeah, me talking. I, 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 I tell people I, I'm on the list in the ultraviolet realm. <laughs> But you know what? It doesn't matter because we, first of all, we have a duty to a God that loves us, who who uh, requires us to be obedient. So, so there's no getting out of that. Uh, but there's this compulsion for truth. We have to tell the truth, no matter where it leads us. And uh, uh, so, you know, we're it's our job to warn people. It's our job to speak truth. To speak truth to power. And and, uh, uh, and and it really doesn't matter the consequences for that. So anyway, having said all that, uh, you know, I, I think uh, people talk about three percent of the population are, are are prepping for you know for difficult times, and and I and I think that's probably about right. You know, let, let me throw another idea out there, and that's the the financial. Amerigeddon that's going to be coming. Uh, uh, you know, even if you have trouble getting your hands around, you know, North Korea and an EMP and, and our government uh, would actually, the people in power that would actually enable that to happen so they could acquire more power. Those things are difficult. Here's one that's not really difficult. You know, we're, we just passed $19 trillion in federal debt the other day. Uh, now that didn't include the 100 to 200, and I'm being conservative, trillion in unfunded liabilities that are there. And if you just take 100 trillion, and there's 100 million American families, the average American family owes a million bucks. And what's the likelihood that that's going to be paid back? What's the likelihood we could even service that debt, even if there was no interest on it? We are. Uh, in a financial Amerigeddon uh, right now uh, as a result of the policies of our federal government and the, and the criminal cabal that exists there. And of course, they can't get away with it except that they own the media. And 98% of the mainstream media is owned by six corporations. And on the boards of those corporations sit the same people uh, as well as the corporatist that in, that by the advertising influence the policy. We have a 
we have a media in this country that instead of being a watchdog is a lapdog. And thank God for what you're doing, Steve, and the Hagmans and, and, and the alternative media. Uh, it's the only source of truth. And, you know, yeah, you've got to discern everything you look at. Uh, but if, if we didn't have the Internet and we didn't have uh, alternative media, uh, uh, it would be hopeless. Uh, it, as it stands now, uh, it's hard to say it's hopeful. But uh, uh, God has, has, as he said, and I believe it's Second uh, uh, Thessalonians 2.20, he said uh, that because we uh, rejected uh, righteousness, that he would, he would uh, give us uh, great deception. And our country is bought into the deception that killing unborn babies, and I don't know if you saw what uh, New York did today. Uh, yes, I did. I put it up on my website. You know, they're moving towards uh, 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 abortion to the day of delivery. And I tell you, I'm so proud to live in Texas. Texas, uh, uh, this last year, uh, uh, passed the 20-week law so that if they, you can't abort a baby after 20 weeks. They also required abortion uh, facilities to to have uh, certain care levels, and that caused uh, most of the abortuaries in this state to close. I, I was uh, so privileged to be on the podium when we swore in our governor, Greg Abbott, and the lieutenant governor. I was up there with about 50, 75 people. And, and both of these men at the podium, they've already won the election, so they aren't saying this to get votes. But both of them, and I'll paraphrase it, uh, uh, the lieutenant governor said, said, uh, I have respect for all religions, but I'm a Christian first, and we will pass no laws in this state that are not consistent with the Judeo-Christian values. So I live in a state that is the complete opposite of New York. You know, we value our Judeo-Christian traditions and values and are acting on it. And as a result, I believe Texas may be preserved as a sanctuary. Uh, I, I'm Gary? friends with the governor. And hey, Gary, you got to hold a minute now. Just hold that thought because we got to take a break. Good deal. Right on, Steve. Thank you. Uh, folks, you're listening to this Tuesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are joined by Steve Quayle. And Mr. Gary Haven. Uh, Amerigeddon. Go ahead. Yeah, Amerigeddon is the uh, name of the movie that is uh, being finished by, by Gary. You can find the trailer uh, on Facebook, Amerigeddon. We're going to come back with these two. Run on the other side. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, together we are. 
the Hagenheim Report, uh, investigators in search of the truth. Our very special guest tonight, Mr. Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com, author extraordinaire, researcher. stevequayle.com is his website. And actor, filmmaker, all-around great guy, Mr. Gary Haven. Um, what a resume, impressive resume he's got. Uh, he is behind the film, Amerigeddon. And folks, if you haven't seen the trailer, it, it's, it's just go to hagman.com. A link to the trailer and the Facebook page for the video is right there. I, I just can't wait for everyone to see this. This is a, what, what a fantastic initiative uh, and educational and informational and, and a little bit uh, disconcerting as well with, with respect to the message. Before we get back to the program, I want to remind everyone that, uh, Portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by nuts.com. Nuts.com. What a great website. Nuts.com have, in, in our opinion, the best tasting snacks, nuts, anything you'd like to have to munch on on the planet. Now, if you get hungry during the day like we do, we rarely have time for lunch. Nuts.com is, is a great snacking alternative. Have you been to the store and seen their selection of nuts and snacks lately? No selection at all. Sitting in cans, jars, on the shelves for months. Let's be honest about this. You're not going to find sprouted almonds, dried uh, goji berries, or delicious black walnuts at your local grocery store. At least not something that's edible. No, no. This is where nuts.com comes in. Folks, right now, new customers, new customers compl- or to the Hagman and Hagman Report, compliments of nuts.com can get four free sna- samples to choose from. They've got over 50 options for those samples. That's a $15 value. Go to nuts.com, click on the mic, enter our code HH, the family-owned business since 1929. Is- tell you, anybody who wants to, to send their cashews or pistachios this way, I would not be disappointed. That's right. Just wrap them up in a, in a $50 bill. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, this is fantastic stuff. Uh, our, our favorites are dried fruits, and, and the figs are just phenomenal strawberries and i spoke with the uh ceo the the head nut shall we say at nuts.com what a fantastic guy actually he was in the middle of of uh uh quality control checks on his products that's how hands-on this man is folks nuts.com right now new customers four free samples don't miss out you got over 50 options they've got over 3,000 healthy snacks to choose choose from for example 39 different kinds of coffee 170 flavors but go to nuts.com right now get your four free samples at a $15 value you've got to go to nuts.com enter our code hh that's nuts.com hh for four free samples with your order go go there for full details that's nuts.com getting back to the program joe yeah, again, tonight with us, uh, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and Gary Haven, uh, the um, creator of Amerigeddon, a film to be released in mid-May. Uh, the release date was moved back a little bit as they're putting the final touches touches on. And, and uh, you know, th- this is going to be a great movie out in theaters. Uh, so you're going to want to keep your eye out. And check out the trailer. Uh, do a search for Armageddon. Hagman.com, just click on the article yeah. or Hagman Report and Hagman Hagman. You go there. Yeah, uh, I didn't mean to over talk you, but it's, it's a little link is we made it real easy for you. Uh, Mr. Hagman, if you can answer one thing, we're getting flooded by emails asking when the DVD might, if there will be a DVD made and if so, when it might be available. Can you address that before we get back to, to, yeah, to sure. Uh, 
there'll be a theatrical release uh, mid-May, early to mid-May, in the uh, southern U.S., and that will run its course, and six months after that, the DVD will be released. Gotcha. All right. Steve, we're going to turn it back over to you, sir. Well, Gary, we, we got interrupted by the break. Will you talk about Governor Abbott? Because I don't know him as you do, but he stands out as a stalwart individual. And I did say on the radio prior to you and I coming on this interview multiple times, I, I, seriously, because of your leadership, that's probably the place I would live if I didn't live in Montana. And then I told Gary, Doug, most people don't know this, if it wasn't for Texans, Nelson's story, uh, bringing up the cattle herds to feed the miners, there would be no Montana, and there wouldn't have been a gold rush because they probably uh, couldn't have existed just on wild games. So Texas and Montana have an affinity. So, Gary, share about the, about Governor Abbott because, I, you know, I... I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of taken back in a good way by him because he loves his country, but he's not letting the uh, uh, vipers and brood of hellspawn get away with what they want to do to Texas, and he's really aware of the federal hatred and plot against Texas. Is that an accurate statement? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, he is the, uh, and he, he was our attorney general for several terms. He sued the federal government 32 times. And, oh, God bless him. That's, that's a record. Uh, every time they tried to overreach, he would slap their hand. In fact, he won the only Ten Commandment display uh, to go before the Supreme Court, uh, uh, the, the right to display the Ten Commandments uh, at the University of Texas. Uh, so he, he is a bold and gracious man. Uh, I had mentioned I was on the podium and when he committed uh, to pass no laws that were not consistent with our Judeo-Christian values. Uh, you know, since then, he had Jade Helm uh, monitored by the Texas National Guard. Uh, I've been uniquely privileged to 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 know him uh, uh, on a on a on a on a more intimate level, and. When he won, uh, uh, actually just before the election for governor, before he won, I told him, I said, you're going to be the most important governor in Texas history. And he looked kind of perplexed, and I said, you're going to be in a position to make a decision to, to stop the overreach uh, uh, of, of a criminal federal government. And... For somebody who had already sued him thirty-two times, it was a, I don't I don't know how profound a statement it was, uh, but he understands his 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 responsibility to the citizens of the state, uh, and just as importantly, he understands his responsibilities to the Constitution, and and this man is bold, and he is not afraid of ridicule, and I, I believe he is not going to be bought and paid for. Uh, like so many of the politicians across our country. And so we're really blessed to have him there. And, I, and on a spiritual level, uh, I felt for a long time now that, that God may give uh, 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 like-minded people a sanctuary. You know, the place in the wilderness for the woman uh, uh, it, it could very well be Texas. Uh, and we certainly have a leadership in the state that would stand against uh, uh uh, a out of control government, uh, federal government, and uh, 
so I, I feel really privileged to be here, and and hopefully, uh, you know, this will be a sanctuary for for people to come to if uh, the rest of our country uh, it goes down for whether it's a financial debacle, which is imminent in my opinion, uh, or as the movie depicts, uh, an EMP attack on this country, which I also think is a very real possibility. Do you get asked the question much? Because obviously you're on the speaking tour now, and, and Doug and Joe, thank you for allowing Gary to come on, because again, Amerigen, I think, is, is honestly, I believe it is, if people could uh, go with my metaphor, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but when I say surfing, you always look for the biggest wave. And I was raised in Southern California around the surf culture. That dates me. But the bottom line is is that we're, we're at the point now where every headline, every event, every incident is all pointing to the end of the age, not the end of the world. Big difference. And so, Gary, you know, other places to live. After we do shows like this, my emails fill up and they say, ask Gary where he would go. And obviously not everyone has, you know, your wherewithal. But what are some of the countries you investigated that you like, at least the government, temp at this point? Well, you know, I was privileged in my business to to travel uh, to many, many countries. Uh, uh, my company has locations in 90 countries. So having been to most of them and, and, and piloting my jet to most of them, uh, I... I had an opportunity to sit down with people, uh, conduct business with people, and acquire familiarity with the cultures and the, and the, the legal systems, the rule of law, in uh, uh, so many of them. Uh, you know, I, I uh, uh, have uh, property and and and. Uh, other countries and uh, in, in residences that I can can go to, uh, and, I, and I am privileged that way. You know, the problem with that is several things. One is, you know, can you get out in time? Because when it happens, it's going to happen fast. And, and can you get your family and friends out? And I've got a lot of family and friends, so that's going to be a difficult thing. Uh, and, and and most importantly. Uh, I have an obligation to to my God to do what He tells me to do, and you know I, I, He He intends for me to fight to to fight uh, for the for the freedom and for the rule of law uh, that we used to have in this country. And you know I could right now pack up everybody and move. I'm basically retired and 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 go settle in a place that. Uh, you know that uh, uh, is less threatened by this, uh, but I choose to stay and fight. And so, what places are less less threatened? You know, societies collapse over history, uh, not because of a invading army. They collapse because of, of complexity. The more complex a society becomes, the more energy required to sustain that society. You know, a good example is Rome or, 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 or Egypt. You know, their societies became so complex that uh, it was just enormously expensive to maintain them. And America is a good example. We are so complex right now. 
you know, we get our internet gets attacked uh, through cyber attacks thousands of times a day. You know, if somebody's successful in in bringing down the internet for any length of time, uh, our society is in is is in great peril. And and there's an example of the vulnerability that you've got in a complex society. So what I look for is a country that's less complex. And some of the countries that that uh, 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 that fit that bill uh, are Australia and New Zealand, Costa Rica, some of the South American countries. You know, maybe even Canada to a point. Uh, the next thing I look for are uh, a Judeo-value uh, belief system, a value system. Uh, you, you really can't have... Uh, uh, George Washington said that a democracy wouldn't work if, if you didn't have uh, a, a Christian people uh, because you would otherwise have to have a police force that was so large that... Uh, that you couldn't manage it. Uh, so you've, you've got to have people like us who, who believe in truth and honesty and fairness and, and in giving back. And, and, and so that value system is critical as well. And again, places like Australia and New Zealand uh, uh, have a Judeo-Christian value system. You know, particularly like Australia because even though they've taken the guns away from people and, and you know, they've done a few other things that, <clears throat> that uh, you know, are, are, are not in the best interest of the citizens. Uh, it's a small enough country. It's, a, it's the same population as Texas, even though they're spread out in a country the size of the U.S. It's a small enough society that, uh, that when they get upset about something, that their legislatures listen to them. And I'll give you an example. Uh, the previous administration uh, bought into the uh, uh, into the global warming uh, hoax and began to pass laws and, and, and do things to, that were harming the economy and the people. And they elected someone to replace that administration who completely reversed everything immediately. And so even though Australia is not quite, and I know we have some listeners from Australia, and I think they would agree with this, even though they're not as... Uh, 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 it, it, as freedom-minded as uh, uh, as they should be, because they are an, invi- ind- an individualist society, much like Texas, by the way. Uh, they get it. They get it quick, and they can make changes because their society is not that complex and not that large. So, uh, if you've got uh, rule of law, a Judeo-Christian value system. Uh, in a society that's that's less complex, I, th- I think those are the places that you should be looking for. Well, uh, let me ask you this too, because this is uh, critical to most people. If and, and this is the question Doug gets asked. Anybody who does a show like this will get asked it. My guarantee is you'll get asked it. Uh, it'll be called the inverse question law. The more you talk about 
what's coming down in the Sooner, what is the event or events, let's say the top three, because people want answers, and I think it's really great to be able to have the privilege to interview you, but what are the three things that Gary Haven and everything you know, everyone you have access to, what are, what are those things that you would know this is on? In other words, you know, uh, what events are going to say it's on, okay? Not it's close to being on, and obviously an EMP attack. I'm saying, though, leading up to that. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, everything is by design. Uh, Agreed. You know, the, the, the spending of our government, uh, the indebtedness of, of, of in private debt, the, the trillion in, in student loans, the, uh, the, this debt is by design and and considering their goal is to bring down the United States uh, the entire financial debacle that's that we're facing is 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 by design uh, let me take a little sidestep uh, uh, my master franchisee for for Greece and for Cyprus was my good friend and she uh, three years ago maybe it's four now, uh, had just sold her house in Cyprus and put her 350,000 euros in her Cypriot bank account. A week later, the Cypriot banks went on bank holiday. And, of course, you remember this. Well, <clears throat> I was able to communicate with her through the entire process and can tell you what happened when they created the bank bail-in policy. At first, the Cypriot banks, to try to reopen, uh, decided that they were going to take a percentage out of everybody's bank accounts that were being held down, frozen, <clears throat> and they were talking about 8 to 10%. Now, the masses of people didn't have a lot of money in the bank. They had their two or three or 4,000 euros of, of, uh, of expenses in, in the bank. But because it involved everybody, they took to the streets in Cyprus, and they threatened to burn the banks down. So the banks said, okay, we're not going to do that. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the people that have 100,000 or more euros in the bank, and we're going to take the money above that, a percentage of it. And so my friend uh, lost most of her money uh, that she had, uh, deposited into the bank from the sale of her home. She was given, in exchange for her money, bank stock, which was worthless. And they call this a bail-in. Now, the G20, about a year and a half ago, bet, uh, and that includes the United States and Australia and European countries, and they adopted policy that said that we're no longer going to use taxpayer money to bail out the banking system like we did back in 2007 and 8. Instead, we're going to to consider the money that's deposited by the depositors is unsecured uh, 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 an unsecured debt, a loan to the bank. And then Dodd-Frank, and you can Google uh, bail-in USA and Dodd-Frank will pop up. Dodd Frank has a provision where, where if the if a systemically important bank were to fail, 
that it can take the depositors' money and give them bank stock instead. Now, you may think that the FDIC is going to protect your bank deposit. Well, there are a couple of problems with that. Uh, number one is the FDIC only has about $30 billion in the insurance fund to cover $7 trillion in deposits. second problem with that is you don't really lose your money when you're given bank stock. So the FDIC is not necessarily liable to replace your lost funds. And third, back in December of, of, of uh, 2014, when they, press, they passed the Cromnibus Bill, that was the big spending bill, Jamie Dimon from Citibank had gone to Washington and lobbied our Congress. And led by the Republicans, they included a provision in the Cromnibus Bill that gave banks uh, derivative exposure priority over your and my deposit in the bank. Talk about a criminal act committed by not just the Democrats, but the Republicans. And that book, that is on the, on the, on the books at, at this moment. Now, you got to think, how could our banks ever fail, and why, when would they ever bail in? Well, okay, uh, first of all, they did it in Cyprus. We watched them do it, and which was just a test, by the way. Their, their banks in Europe are failing right now. Uh, Deutsche Bank lost 50% of its value in the last six months. Uh, uh our banking system in this country is tremendously exposed because of their fractional lending policies. So if they didn't intend to bail us in and, and, and confiscate our deposits, why did they adopt it? Why did they, they, they uh, uh, codify it into law? And so I think what's going to be the, the big event is that there's going to be a financial failure. And again, it's by design. Now, when countries have catastrophes like financial failures and the people would rise up against the government, they often have a strategy they use, and it's called war. They go to war. And when you look at what we're doing in Syria and how we are literally poking the Russian bear, not to mention Ukraine, uh, there's a good chance they're going to use war to to distract the people from what the government did to them financially. So I think the series of events are that you're going to see this financial collapse, and immediately after that, they're going to 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 escalate the war that's going on right now in the Middle East, uh, and then. At some point in time, I really believe that they're going to to bring the U.S. down through an EMP attack. And it's going to be uh, enabled by the people in power in our country. Well, they'll have to they'll have to steal the money before they allow the EMP because obviously, you know, they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it and blame it on a cyber attack. By the way, Jamie Dimon is the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, and that is the largest of the big four American banks. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, most people forget that when 
Goldman Sachs was called the giant vampire squid sucking the life out of uh, the American consumer, the American middle class, and Jamie Dimon. What you have is these guys are controlling the, if you will, the outcome of, and I think you said it's already scripted, Gary. They're controlling the outcome. Now, can I ask you a question personally? The people that you know in banking, do they expect this or are they in la la land? You know, it's kind of consistent with the answer I'd given earlier about the billionaires and the the uh, intellectuals uh, they're so vested in their status that they really don't want to recognize the evidence that's before them gotcha and the really evil people uh, is a small group uh, at the top that, that really understand what's going on and and you know you've got a hierarchy uh the, even the people in Washington, most of them, that have sold their souls to, to, to keep their office, uh, you know, they're just henchmen, uh, and they're, they're going to have the most rude awakening of all uh, when they pay the price for, for their betrayal of their constituents in their country. So I think uh, uh, you, you have the denial of evidence... And that's going to to uh, <clears throat> kind of provide the cover for for these people to continue to to act in our you know in our, in our, against our interest. Your Steven. thoughts on your uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Steve. If I can just ask this question, Mr. Haven, I, this is something that's really kind of um, I've been weighing in my mind. And I've gotten a couple of emails about this and pe people wondering the same thing. So perhaps you can just give me your assessment. You know, whether it be an EMP or the orchestrated takedown economically, why hasn't it happened yet? I, I guess that's that's it. Yeah, you know, that's a good question. And let me kind of add a side question to it. Um, um, uh, what what uh, what are the imminent things that we see on the horizon? And, and Steve just mentioned one of them uh, that, that was a very good insight. Uh, they want to get all the money before they crash the system. And 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 by the way, this is a, this is something that I think it helps people wake up. You know, in two thousand seven, when they bailed the banks out. Uh, because we can't audit the Fed. We really don't know how much they, they gave to the banks in our tax dollars and so forth. But it was at least $7 trillion. It, you realize that they printed $7 trillion and gave it to the bankers who'd made bad deals. Uh, if they had taken that $7 trillion and given it to the American people, it would have paid off every home mortgage in the country. Now, I don't know about you, but that really upsets me. You know, the... the the valuation of our money by printing $7 trillion to save the bankers. Well, why not give it to the people and pay their mortgages off? You know, it, uh, Would we have been a better country as a result of that? And so that just kind of puts the scope on it. But back to your question. Uh, you know, uh, I've been talking to Steve a lot, and there's so many things going on that, 
you know, he's pushing me to get my movie out tomorrow. <laughs> because it might be too late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, and tonight for a, for a midnight <laughs> showing. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I'm watching the same thing as he's watching, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, uh, this Korean satellite's probably going over my head right now in the southern Texas sky, and and uh, uh, th- there's there's just things that they want to get done that they're working feverishly to accomplish. You know, like taking away our weapons, for example. And there's a ton of stuff. Uh, uh, I, I think they're trying to get as many things done as they can uh, before they pull the trigger. And and they just have a lot of things that that's so close that that they're 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 trying to postpone it until it happens. But I'll tell you this: when it happens, it will be at their choosing. It, it will be a deliberate day where they pull the trigger because they've got as many things in place as they think they can get away with before it happens. And the American people are so asleep, and the media is so controlled. We don't have media. We have propaganda in this country. And, and they're doing things so blatantly right now, so out in the open, more so than, than a year ago or a couple years ago, um, that I think they believe they've just got a free hand to finish those things that they want to have in place uh, before they do it. And, you know, I don't know that it'll be this year because I see so many things they have in the works. And, you know, you've got factors like, uh, you know, Hillary will continue uh, to she is bought and paid for by the moneyed interest. Uh, I mean, she's a criminal uh, uh, which committed four felonies with emails alone. Uh, uh, she's, a, she's a criminal family all, all into herself. And if it looks like she's going to get elected, they may just wait and continue to get these other things done. If they end up some, with somebody like Trump, then they may pull the trigger. And uh, uh, and go ahead and act because they've gained the ground that they think they can gain. I think too, Gary, that one of the things that's the most interesting right now that can change. You know, they always talk of a game changer and unintended consequence. I think that the Syrian situation is going to escalate in such a manner that Erdogan of Turkey, the, the you know president of Turkey, is going to overplay his hand. He believes that he's got NATO backing him up, and to some degree they do by their mutual defense agreements. But the fact is is that uh, all through Moscow, uh, I was just sent by my friend Aaron, and, uh, and I sent it both to you guys so you can check it after the show, but they're starting to build the case that they're, they're, there's giant uh, posters, and this is what it says translated. I don't speak Russian. Smoking kills more people than Obama. <laughs> when yeah, and and when yeah, it, and and it shows him obviously you know a uh, hundred tokes over the line. But the point being is is that he's absolutely uh, how should I say this? He Obama has <clears throat> no handle 
on uh, basic military tactics outside of one. And, and this is where I think most people don't get it, okay? They don't understand the whole Middle East takedown, especially under George Bush's lies, and, you know, uh, the entire uh, giveaway of our technology from the Clinton era to the Chinese, or our top-secret patent uh, library, etc. But what is critical is this, is that Russia understands what has to be done. And I think what's a game changer is they've given their frontline commanders and they're moving all their heaviest weapon in there into the their western front, if you will, and he's given them authority, and you can see this in news stories, to use tactical nuclear weapons against NATO and especially against Turkey. I think Turkey's going to overplay their hand. I don't know what the event will be, and let's see if it plays out. They're going to do something, and then Russia is going to move so swiftly and so decisively that the NATO command structure won't even have time to respond to. And I think that as, as you're watching what's happening in Europe, and by the way, Angela Merkel's an illuminist, okay? Isn't it amazing that all these people that are opening up their countries and then claiming they've got to clamp down, they're the ones you talked about the Hegelian dialectic. You create the problem, you provide the solution, you bring about the desired change. I think, and, and, and I think everyone should be praying on this, I think the game changer is in the Middle East. Saying that, I think that uh, in Turkey, forgive me, the time that the events seem to scale up may force a hand of all these mega bankers to basically just hit the banks with a fake, if you will, false flag cyber attack, get everybody's money, and then let the uh, bombs fly where they may. Because again, I don't think people in the in the entire history of the world we haven't had the technological ability as they have it now to rape, pillage, and plunder. And I think that we're we're just right there. So, did, can I ask you this? In your movie, and again, uh, you know, obviously there will be no midnight showing tonight. But <laughs> the the point is, is that we're we're seeing the headlines playing out. Basically, you know, can you give a, a little bit more away of the movie? Look, I'm hanging on every word, so I would, and I'm sure there are people are too. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, please, I'm asking you a favor. Those of you who listen to Hagman Hagman, please watch the trailer. I want you to watch it twice, and then I want you to take it to prayer. You know, uh, Gary, that private, uh, and I think, Doug, this is true, that, what, 80 90% of our audience is Christian worldwide. But as you see the headlines, uh, you know, I, I, I want you to remember this, that, you know, 90 seconds worth of headlines laid out in this trailer, I don't think it can be more succinct. I couldn't have done, made it more succinct, you know? Uh, and so, and I'm not saying whoopee for me, I'm just saying you nailed it. So give us a little more as this thing unfolds, you know? Well, there's a there's another aspect. Uh, 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 we do battle in the movie with the United Nations. And I mentioned earlier that Kerry signed an agreement with the United Nations that, uh, that if America has an emergency, that they're invited in with their foreign troops which it looks like we've got 150,000 Russian troops already in our country. We have Chinese in the country. We've already given the Chinese the most important port in our country, the port at Long Beach. Uh, uh, 
and the United Nations uh, actually comes to my ranch to arrest me and the young lieutenant uh, and, and to confiscate our weapons and supplies. Uh, that's an important thing. You've got people in Washington who have have uh, committed to the elite that want to bring about a one-world order. And Angela Merkel being an Illuminati, which also means being a Satanist, uh, it, it is is evidence of 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 what these people will do when they have the opportunity to do it. And they they have through signing treaties with the UN, which is against the law because our Senate must approve them, and Kerry signed it. He's a traitor to his country. And 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 I and I'm going to say something really stronger. Uh, we shouldn't be talking about impeaching Obama. Uh, we should be talking talking about charging him with treason. When you open up the border to unvetted people, some percentage of whom are coming in here to kill citizens, that's treason. And and, and by the way, the definition of treason is making war against your country or aiding and abetting those that are. And, and you know, Washington declared the terrorist as uh, an enemy. And for Obama to be allowing them to come into our country... That's aiding and abetting the enemy. This is treason. And I'll, and I'll say something else that, that people need to understand. And I'm going to tell a little story here. Uh, back when ISIS went into uh, Mosul and captured 2,400 armored Humvees, 50 tanks, a billion, with a B, dollars worth of American weaponry, with the keys in the ignition and drove it out of town. I thought to myself, don't we have a couple of F-18s on an aircraft carrier nearby that could come in and destroy the equipment? Because that's what you do. That's the the military never lets their equipment be captured in the enemy hands. When Obama didn't give the order to destroy that equipment, but instead gave a billion dollars of military equipment to the enemy, I realized that this doesn't make any sense. So I began to do the research and discovered that that ISIS is actually the creation of the CIA, along with the Obama administration. We trained them, we support them, and the purpose was to go into Syria and to bring down Assad. And there's a couple of reasons to bring down, bring down Assad. One is is that uh, Russia's got a port there, and America can can maintain its uh, hegemony and, and its power in the, in the region. But there's a bigger reason. It's the moneyed interest. There's, there's a pipeline that's being built through Syria that's going to compete with the pipeline of the Saudis and the Americans. And they wanted to stop the pipeline because of moneyed interest. The bankers wanted a central bank in Syria, and Assad wasn't willing to play the game. So we've been sending our weapons, and 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 they're trying to send our kids in there to fight another war that has nothing in the American interest, only moneyed interest. And you can say the same thing about the Ukraine. We have no interest over there, uh, but but. These people in Washington are beholding to the moneyed interest. 
and and when you talk about about ISIS being created and supported by Americans by by the 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 elite by Obama and by the CIA and 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 you look at what ISIS is doing and beheading Christians raping them in in the horrors they're doing you can set that at the feet of Obama that's what we should be talking about and that's the most important story out there I was explaining this to the governor of Texas a few weeks ago because he wasn't aware of that and I was explaining this to Rand Paul a couple of days ago on a phone call I had with him I'm trying to wake people up that we have a criminal cabal in Washington and, and you know, they create enemies, boogeymans. They create boogeymen so that they can protect us. And in protecting us, they remove our freedoms and our resources, and they send our kids to die. And so this whole thing, we need to get all of America up to speed on where ISIS came from. If we can do that, we can peel back this onion. We can wake a lot of people up. Well, here's here's the issue, too, and I think this is critical. I want to go on record, and I, I'm obviously, you know, somebody said, boy, they love it when you say that. Anyone who is in favor of gun control will ultimately be your co-executioner. They will use paid mercenaries to carry out the sentence, and that should be offensive to everybody in this country. That should be offensive to everyone listening in, that we have taken, and, and, and everything that God in his mercy... Everything that people of faith who built this country, the freedoms they held so dear, we have let them take everything, and they won't stop in taking your life. You know, Gary, you have a position that God has placed you in. Basically, God has raised you up for such a time like as this as Queen Esther, and, you know, there's a time and a season, but this is the time and the season. And, you know, uh, how do I say this delicately? I don't believe in saying it delicately. I won't. <laughs> Here's the deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm about as delicate as a herd of elephants in a uh, crystal factory in Austria. I'm not talking crystal meth. I'm talking Swarovski crystal, just for the record. The, the point is, is that they, they are plotting, uh, they are planting, planning our democracy. When when I, I think I was like one of the guys, and I, I I know this to break the story on one of the think tank, uh, you know the um, the Deagle think tank saying that within a matter of years, I think what was it, twenty twenty five or twenty twenty, there'd only be thirty eight million Americans left. Hello, you know, people. Here's what I want to say: You look at the people in your immediate family. If you got a family of four, three of those are going to be dead. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm using that as a statistic. If you've got, you know, 50 people working for you in your business or 500, take 90% of that. They're going to be dead. And see, Gary, this is what I love about Texas, okay? And this is what they hate about Texas. And and obviously, I have friends that are Texans, and obviously, you know, the, the spirit of Texas is a spirit of resistance to tyranny. Obviously, it started with the Alamo. 
And I can tell you, point blank, that the Congress and the Senate, I'm going to make this clear, are complicit in the coming murder. They are the co-executioners of the United States citizens. And the United States citizens better learn another legal maneuver they have. It's the power of recall and the power of impeachment. Treason's treason, but not one of those. And even Rand Paul, they don't use the T word, okay? They beat around the bush. And, and, and with the people that you talk to, I think it's in the American governor's hands, and I think it's in the sheriffs of America's county's hands. Because not all sheriffs will roll over. And, 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 you know, as I would say, and I have friends that are federal law enforcement officers, since when did we, the American public, become the enemies? And the guy that took after people and hatcheted them were known to the FBI for four years. You see, and, and why are the terrorist, care, you know, terrorist camps in America not even being raided by the FBI? But you get, you know, uh, the three stooges in some place in, in some, uh, you know, uh, county out in whatever part of the country, and they don't know better, they get set up, and then all of a sudden we've got a domestic terrorism problem. This is the Clower-Piven strategy to overwhelm all the systems, overwhelm immigration, overwhelm welfare, overwhelm, overwhelm. And, and uh, brother, I don't know what it's going to take outside of repentance on the order of Nineveh, and isn't it interesting that Jonah, the name Storm, has already been on our our vocabulary? So, <laughs> Gary, I would hope that you would you would you know call the people you know and literally when I say call them, I don't mean meet them face to face. And and I think that Doug, Joe, uh, all of us, everybody who's on talk radio must drive home that point. We're not talking about political issues. We're talking about treason, treachery, and mass murder. Now, is that Succinct enough. <laughs> Amen. Could you could you be more clear, Steve? <laughs> so, in your movie, as they as they come to you and you're defending your ranch, is that is that a spoiler to tell us, or would you rather not, brother? I'm going to get this whole thing out of you. <laughs> no, I'll share a couple. Of, by the way, let me amen what you just said there. Uh, that that that's how it needs to be spoken about, uh, not. Uh, uh, Meekly, like uh, unfortunately, so many people uh, who 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 do have a platform should be speaking. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I begin this conversation by saying that we're at a great disadvantage because we don't understand the evil. Uh, we, we just don't have the capacity to to envision how evil these people are, uh, and and they derive their evil from the king of it, you know, from Satan himself. And 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 they're not limited in their capacity for evil, so uh, it's it's just hard to 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 wrap your 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 mind around that. Uh, you know the 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 outcome, and 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 I know this is what people are, are, are thinking to, if they could ask it. So so I'll throw it out there. Uh, uh, how do you stop this? And I, I hate to tell you this. But I don't think we can stop what's coming. Uh, I uh, flavor all of my intellectual uh, uh, approaches to these things with a biblical basis. And the Bible is quite clear that these times are coming. 
and uh, in it, these people are going to gain power. The good news is it's a for a very limited time. So my goal is to warn as many people as I can to to motivate them to 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 be bold about thinking critically, sharing that with people, to prepare financially, uh, provisionally, uh, uh, and 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 try to save as many people from this coming catastrophe as I can, knowing that it's going to happen, and there isn't anything that's going to prevent it from happening. And hopefully Texas will be that sanctuary. That, that, and this is a godly state, uh, and, and God does provide protection for, for people that are faithful to him. So I'm hopeful that, uh, that we can save a lot of people because of what we're doing. But is it going to happen? Yes, and and uh, uh, our job is to warn uh, as many as we can, not necessarily to try to prevent it from happening. Amen. And and I'm on board with you. I've never stated in all the years I've been on talk radio, nine thousand plus hours, that we could stop it, but we can we can rescue the perishing, we can be the salt of the earth, and we can believe God for those sanctuary cities, which are called the cities of refuge, or, or, or states of refuge. And by the way, I, I wouldn't, I, I could see literally such a revival, a true biblical-based revival on repentance breaking out in Texas, that I don't care what hell throws at it, it will prevail. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to see this trailer. Please send it to everybody you know. AmeriGeddonTheMovie.com A-M-E-R-I-G-E-D-D-O-N And I love that name, by the way. I love it, of course. I love it because it puts it into uh, the pertinency of the hour. And it's fascinating to me, too, that we're right here again, 1984. What did George Orwell sell? That's when Red Dawn came out. Right now, 2016, we're, d- we're waiting for you to release a movie. How's that for a gentle twisting, uh, you know, of America in the movie? <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Steve. I appreciate that. And I want to uh, thank my my uh, partner in this, Mike Norris, who did a wonderful job uh, as a director. Uh, his dad, Chuck, uh, uh, yesterday on Facebook uh, uh, came out and, and encouraged people to, to go see the, the trailer and to go see the movie. So uh, Chuck's, uh, who's a great American, is uh, supporting the project, and, and, and he has watched the movie, by the way. Uh, he, uh, uh, he apparently saw my character and, and asked if I was from Hollywood. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, I'm uh, uh, pretty convincing. Even Chuck Norris bought it. Well, you know, and again, we think of the movies that he was in, going and searching for the veterans. And, and again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, pray for the veterans, uh, support them. I'm talking about as God leads. And, you know, Gary, again, the thing is, is that as you're on, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Gary will be on uh, for extended time tomorrow on Coast to Coast. You'll be seeing him in the uh, weeks ahead on Skywatch TV and other television programs. So the, please make this viral. Those of you who have been blessed by Hagman and Hagman's ministry, by my ministry, my website, all the stuff I do, it's to inform you because believe it or not, 
information is a weapon. Don't let them choke you with garbage, or as I prefer to call it, uh, warm vomit or lukewarm vomit. That's what the main street media is. Hey, Gary, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, Doug, what are we? We're just about out of time. You, you yes, got about, about two, three minutes left. And, Gary, we'd love to have you back on the show before the uh, movie release or just after, uh, whenever you're available, uh, just around the release of the movie. Yeah, love to. Oh, guys, uh, Steve, thanks for all you do, and, and you're a good friend. And, and Joe, Doug, uh, uh, really admire what you guys are doing, speaking of the truth, and I know you know the risk involved with it. Did you did you have a question for me that you might want to take this last minute or two to answer? Yeah, we had a, a listener question. Um, they asked what your opinion of Donald Trump is in this uh, upcoming presidential election. Well, I, I, I do have an opinion on it. Uh, you know, I, I, I personally know uh, a lot of the players. Uh, I took Rand Paul to Haiti back in October. Uh, he did. He and two other doctors did 200 uh, cataract surgeries and uh, gave the blind sight. It was an amazing trip, and I got to spend four days with him uh, each evening uh, talking to politics. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I've been a big fan of his. His strategy to win the election, however, was awful, and and uh, he continued to do the same thing, expecting different results, which was amazing to me. Uh, so we're kind of stuck with who is not bought and paid for. And um, Trump is as big of a mess as he is, uh, is his own mess. And and I actually believe uh, he has enough money to not be bought and, and enough courage to, to, to not be scared into submission on this deal. So, you know, I don't like the idea that he wants to double down on torture and some of these other awful things. Uh but right now it comes down to who isn't owned, and 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 uh, I believe he is the only one that you can say that for. Uh, let me drop a bombshell. Uh, I know uh, Cruz personally, had dinner with him last year and vetted him, and uh, you know we saw a few weeks ago he got caught uh, not reporting loans from Goldman Sachs to his campaign. Uh, uh, when, when I had dinner with him, I discussed the Ukraine. It was the hot thing going on at the time. And I determined that, uh, that Ted Cruz is the, is the designated opponent. He's the guy they choose to make us think we have a choice. And uh, mm. I believe he's bought and paid for, certainly by the banks and certainly by the military-industrial complex. So, Donald, uh, whether you... Uh, agree with everything or or not uh, at least he will not continue uh the 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 destruction of our country for the benefit of the money to leak thank you both so much we're, we're getting the we're at the top of the hour god bless you thank you so very much steve and uh gary haven thank you guys good night folks we'll be right back with stan dale on the other side this is the Global Star Radio Network.
welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this this segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our very special guest tonight, Mr. Standale, standale.com. That's standale.com. Uh, bookmark his website, uh, of course. Go to his website, bookmark his website. Check out the show images page as you go along today. Uh, for those listening, I just want to mention that um, part, portions of this broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones. WholeTonesLive.com. Have you gone there yet, folks? Do so. What a great opportunity for you to enjoy one of life's greatest pleasures in music. Folks, WholeTonesLive.com is what I'm referring to. If you're sick and tired of being stressed, if you're overwhelmed, if you feel unmotivated, if you feel like life is running you instead of you running your life, well, you're not alone. We're all in the same boat. Finally, however, you can experience the scientifically proven powers of music therapy with Whole Tones. They've got a collection of of proven music therapy that can help you reduce your stress, ease your mind, and motivate you. You can get started today. Listen to a free sample of this amazing music that heals and inspires. Where? Well, it's at WholeTonesLive.com. That is with a W, W H O L E, as in whole wholetoneslive.com one of many happy emailers and we have had so many but one one client said you know I started playing whole tones throughout my work day not only was I more creative and motivated the work I was doing seemed much easier and I was much clearer we had Michael Terrell on our show and he did explain how this music was inspired by the music frequencies of King David and and what a great show that was Support yeah. this show and go to WholeTonesLive.com to get a free sample of this soothing, relaxing, revitalizing musical tones. Go to the URL, WholeTonesLive.com, for your free sample, and then just have at it. You won't be sorry. Got a picture, by the way, of Greg Jackson, uh, his uh, the, uh, the uh, CD by the uh, radio, his radio he sent uh, some time ago and saying he loves it. And uh, I just want to just want to say thanks, Greg, for that. So, go to the website, download a free sample at WholeTonesLive.com. Support this broadcast. That's WholeTonesLive.com. And again, tonight our guest Standeo, uh, we're going to bring him on in just a sec. Before we do, I just want to ask everybody out there, uh, for those of you who have been listeners of the show, you know that Stan has come on every Tuesday for years now. He's been our our guest every Tuesday evening and we just ask that you keep him and holly in your prayers as uh stan's been battling with um uh, some some pains he's been having it's a it's been a reoccurring issue and we ask all the prayer warriors out there to keep him and holly in your prayers and he prayers of healing uh for stan indeed and you you know what folks he does stan dale does not have to do any of this he, he comes on for us, and, and he makes a, a, a big sacrifice. When I say he doesn't have to do it, uh, I mean, he doesn't need the, the hassle of the weekly broadcast, but he does because he cares about all of us, and his knowledge is, is phenomenal, and he's he's got a commitment to uh, to the larger well, to the to the larger agenda, and, and he's doing he's doing the work of God. I mean, you know, I mean, he's 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 really he's a great guy. And we're just so honored to have him. It really, I'm Joe, high school, getting you out of bed in the morning, listening yeah. to Coast to Coast AM with Stan Dale on. He used to drag me out of bed four thirty in the morning, five in the morning to listen to Coast to Coast. Never thought that I'd ever never... cook me eggs Benedict, but yes, uh, yes, I uh, I got I got good at that, but yeah. never thought we'd ever have the honor. 
of actually speaking with Stan Dale face to face, but here we are. Stan, it's great to have you back. I'm on blushing, the show. guys. Stop that. <laughs> well, it's all true, buddy. Uh, okay. Good evening. I've been listening to um, uh, Steve and uh, to Gary uh, with you guys in the first two hours. But I tell you what, it's pretty spooky that scenario they paint in, in that movie he's making. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it, it it it's something that you've talked about that we've we've been looking at. Uh, Joe and I went to. I think we one told second you this. after. Yeah, it was um, in Buffalo, uh, hosted by the the writers of the book. One second after uh, the EMP disaster. Um, right. It, 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 there were a whole bunch of government government officials there when we were there, and they were like, uh, oh, I don't even know how to describe. It. They, they were dumbfounded, verklempt. Is that a word? I mean. Just their mouths were hanging open, saying, "Oh my goodness, this could be bad. This will be bad." But anyway, if two billion is all it's going to take to fix it, what? Really? I mean, can't we fix it? You think? No. no. I agree. I agree with Gary. I don't think we can. With Gary on this, I don't think we can fix it at this late date. But we need to prepare for it. And you're right. We've talked about this many times on the shows about the need for people to. Prepare and Gary brought that up. You know, get your food, medicine, you know, your weapons, whatever you need. Um, one thing that um, I I had to go do a bit of research just before the show, and I missed part of what he was saying, but I did hear him start to discuss, you know, countries to go to, like you know, Australia and various other places, in New Zealand. And uh, I just wanted to put our two cents in worth about that because Holly and I have been and lived overseas in Australia, and it. The, you know, you don't want, as an American, to go offshore to avoid what's happening here. You need to uh, form community, be ready to, well, as he pointed out, go into the wilderness uh, as the woman is chased, or you know, taken into the wilderness by the wings of the of the Messiah. Uh, you need to be able to trust friends and family. If you go overseas, I guarantee you, when America is in strife, you will be in strife there because. You're no longer protected by America, and they consider most Americans to be rich Yanks or spies from the CIA or something, and you will be at a great disadvantage, if not dead, in friendly countries. Yeah, yeah and we're neither rich nor spies. And, and, so. and, and you'll be blamed. You'll be blamed yep. for everything going wrong. Uh, you know, I mean, we've already seen it over there at, at dinner discussions with, um, you know, uh, a banker and various other people there in Australia. And they, they just do not understand the American culture. But, you know, for what some Americans have done in other countries, what some Americans have caused harm overseas, all Americans are tarred and fed with overseas. And you just will be unprotected and an orphan in some foreign country, even if you speak the same language. So we, you know, we look at that. And having been over there, we advise people, don't go overseas, stay here form communities, form escape plans, form whatever you need to to stay here and, and defend yourself and your friends and family. So um, it's just, uh, I mean, Steve uh, Quayle and I have talked about this many times on his show too. You need to get stuff that you will need, food, water, medicine, you know, um, guns, communication, just, you know, all kinds of things that you will need when society fails us and there are gangs roaming in your neighborhood. Um, and one of the biggest things is community. You know, make friends with your neighbors. And, you know, not just casual friends, dinners, and uh, do things together because you need to have friends around you. You just cannot be an island. Um, and I think what, what his uh, movie is showing, uh, or will show when it's released, is, uh, 
you know, a frightening thing, but very realistic to what we think will happen when the EMP hits us. Now, I don't know whether he showed. I don't know whether he showed this in the movie, but as soon as our infrastructure is down, you know, our power grid and communication, you can bet your bottom dollar Russia and China will hop on us like a duck on a June bug. Oh, I, I believe that to be to be true, uh, regardless of what you know. Regardless, I, I believe that to be true, and I just want to take this opportunity to, to just to tell people if you haven't got uh, Dare to Prepare yet, I mean that is the the ultimate preparation. Handbook, manual, encyclopedia by Holly Dale. Dare to prepare, folks. Please get it now while you still can before it's too late. One of the most popular, yeah. if not the most popular, uh, preparedness books. Yeah, and it's been around for a long time. Yeah, and, and this isn't about to sell books. This is about to be prepared. And and I think, I mean, we we consult that book often. So anyway, I just want to make sure that people do have that and t- take the opportunity now. Go to standale.com and order Dare to Prepare. Because we really need to need that, mm. and also on that site, uh, guys, there's a you know a heap of free prep information up in the very left hand corner there of the page. You will see little orange bo- uh, boxes, and there's preparation uh, free prep info. You go to that sub website, and there are links in there to suppliers of all kinds of stuff. There's free um, how to, uh, Excel program there that you can download to calculate how much of what kind of food and medicine you need for how many people for how many weeks. Um, and I wrote that one. Um, there's um, a, a nuclear biological like NBC prep info, how to survive, you know, in a near nuclear hit, and, and the uh, the fallout where it goes, and, and how you can survive in your home if you make a little preparation now. So there's a lot of important things here that you can just go up there and download the heck out of. You better do it before we don't have internet. Anyway, yeah. that's 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 the site and as you said uh, there's a show images page there where you can click to see it's down by that little blue microphone you can see some of the things we might be addressing here today shortly um, yeah go on no I was just going to ask you something Stan I, I know that uh, we, we had some things that we were going to talk about but uh, I just kind of want to get your take your gut feeling I mean you're a guy that uh, is paying attention to a lot of things and regardless of of your level of knowledge about the intricacies of what happened with the death of uh, Anthony and Scalia, yeah. What's your what do you, what's your gut telling you about this? I mean, if anything, do you have any comments or concerns, or I mean, which you know from your analysis? Well, knowing how Obama is just such a uh, forget the law type guy, overriding the law like a dictator almost. And knowing that he's only got whatever it is, 17 months left in office, or is that right? No, no, and not that long. No, less than that. Less than a year. Actually, Um, maybe a year, whatever. Uh, And knowing that he wants to, um, uh, if he does turn the reins over to some other uh, president, which again is doubtful in my mind that we'll even have a free election. But if he uh, does go that way, and he's going to take another position, say with the United Nations or something, a Secretary General. by stacking the Supreme Court uh, to the left or liberal you know, with a appointment of a very left-wing um, Supreme Court judge, then he can direct things here in the United States through the Supreme Court, even though he's over you know, at, in the UN, UN building in New York, he can still do it. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm thinking it's... Uh, gee, a happy circumstance for him that uh, Scalia... <laughs> Died right here when he's got the time to, uh, where Obama has the time to appoint the guy he wants. Um, 
you know, other than suspicions, I have no proof. I mean, I've read the reports, you know, that have been circulating on the Internet. But um, it just may be an unhappy circumstance that the good Lord allowed to happen because we've turned away from him here in this country. I don't know. It's a good, uh, yeah, uh, interesting you'd say, I mean, God allowing this to happen to this nation kind of as a yeah, and I can, judgment. And I, I absolutely can see that as a as a possibility. What definitely doesn't sit right with me, with me, and I know does not sit right with my dad, was the lack of following of the standard operating procedures of investigation, especially after death, um, and and how this was handled, uh, especially with yeah. such a high-ranking government official. You'd think that and, they would and no autopsy. Do, yeah, right. And embalmed, uh, and we, you know, t- Texas has that that law that you have to before bodies moved out of state. You have to have, you know, it has to be embalmed. However, really. And even at my low level capacity, you know, as my capacity as a first responder as well as an investigator, look, I mean, there's really a procedure about uh, uh, unattended deaths. You follow a certain pattern, and when you deviate from that pattern is when you get in trouble. So, yeah, yeah. this really, yeah. It, wow. it, uh, it stinks. I, I grant yeah. you that. Well, oh, thanks, Lord. Lord. We are in trouble. We are in trouble. Um, uh, off before we started the program this evening, Joe, you were I was talking to you about the Middle East being a, a Balkan powder keg, and I noticed there was this kind of thoughtful silence over in your part. And I said, do you, "Do you know what the Balkan powder keg is?" And you kind of heard of it, you think? When I was in school, which is you know last century, <laughs> probably sixty years ago, um, the um, it was part of our history lessons. And the reason it's important in what we're discussing in the Middle East, what we're seeing in the news today, is it's a repeat of the thing that started World War One. Now, you can go look this up, uh, look up the powder keg of Europe, and, and you can see what I'm going to tell you. But um, in the Middle East, you know, you've got Syria sitting in the middle of uh, Greece and Turkey and uh, Iran and <clears throat> Russia coming down from the north and uh, Saudi Arabia, um, you know, all these different people on the edge of Syria trying to carve a hunk out, including ISIS, which has no state. But if you go back and look at history, um, in Europe, uh, the Ottoman Empire uh, was still kind of functioning at World War One, and um, Bulgaria and Syria, and uh, Serbia, sorry, Bulgaria and Serbia were in the center of buying powers, trying to carve up Europe and get parts of what they wanted. Italy, Austria, Hungary, and Germany kind of were in a coalition, say, you know, the Green Coalition on the left, and Russia, France, and Great Britain were on the, say, Blue Coalition on the right. Um, Actually, I suppose I should flip them, but anyway, geographically. And the Ottoman Empire kind of semi-allied with Germany and part of Bulgaria. Now, Russia wanted Serbia. Austria-Hungary and the Ottoman Empire claimed chunks of Bulgaria. And Russia wanted Serbia, sorry. So I'm looking at all these things, and I, I see a central piece of territory being fought over by alliances that were drifting back and forth. Uh, and although I said Italy, Austria, Hungary, and Germany were together, and the Ottoman Empire was kind of on the edge of that, there were things going on behind the scenes like there are now in the Middle East, which made it an absolute nightmare to figure out who was going to uh, flinch or, or blink first. And you know, it, what happened, uh, you know, there was uh, a nut that assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria uh, and his wife. 
and she was a, a Hohenberg, a German. And so what happened was this lit the spark that blew up Europe into World War One, killing millions of people in the process. Anyway, study a little bit about the powder keg of Europe, and you'll get kind of, a, of an idea why I put uh, the maps up on the show images page of the Middle East. Okay. And in fact, if you if you want to just go to the show images page to the second row, first image it's a map, and um, it's a, a map I just took off of Google showing the Middle East players. So you can see where Greece and Turkey and Iran and Iraq and Syria, Saudi Arabia, you can see where they all are relative to each other because this is important. Look at Syria. Syria is sitting in the map in the very center. Turkey is above it. Greece is to the left of it. Iran is to the right of it. Iraq is to the right of it. Um, Saudi Arabia is to the south of it. And ISIS is in the middle of it. And the United States is offshore on the left side coming over. But you see Syria, like Bulgaria and Serbia, is in the middle of all these vying countries. And, and the weird thing about it is that, like, say, Greece and Turkey, they're at odds with each other. They're, they're not happy with each other. And Greece has been making overtures, which you can click on, um, let's see, the second row, pictures of Greek Prime Minister uh, Alexis Tsipras, um, going over to make a deal with Iran and he's been over making a deal with Israel. So you've got Greece making deals with Israel and Iran. Then you've got Turkey uh, trying to attack um, the Kurds and to irritate the heck out of Iran if not uh, have a war with them. And so Greece and Turkey are at odds. But now Turkey is also down in Israel like Greece is and it's trying to make a deal to be friendly with Israel to import Israel's gas from the Mediterranean you know, Leviathan field. Uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia, two of the other players in this game, have decided that they're going to go together and uh, freeze oil prices. Now, typically they don't get along, but now Saudi Arabia and Russia are doing that, and several of the countries in the region are thinking about, seriously, giving up the U.S. dollar as the petrodollar and going to other currencies. If that happens, that agreement, the day that happens, we'll have an almost overnight collapse of our share market as the U.S. dollar collapses. So all this stuff in the entire world centers right now on Syria and everybody in that area fighting. Of course, you've got Russia supporting Assad, the, the, the president of Syria, and uh, you've got uh, Russia saying they're against ISIS, but they're not doing much. You've got the American government, you know, and I'm not talking about the military, I'm just talking about the government, the, the dinglings who aren't really putting boots on the ground over when they needed to, uh, doing kind of token air support here and there. Uh, and, you know, uh, I, I don't know really who to trust as going to be in the final uh, alliances there. Uh, Turkey is, is threatening to send 35,000 Syrian refugees uh, across the, the, the little little bay there over to, to Greek, to Athens. And, of course, Cyprus and Greece says, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And it's got Europe all in a tither about it. Um, you know, it, it, this is just a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. Throw a spark in the middle of it, and it will erupt into a nuclear confrontation somehow. And we're there. We're there by the minute as Saudi Arabia and other allies that it's gotten, Egypt and various others, to come in and form a 350,000-man army to invade ISIS in Syria. Uh, it, you know, 
wow. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I just... Uh, I mean, it, it, to me, Stan, it's obvious um, that... Yeah, I mean, going back to the Arab Spring, uh, which was not spontaneous in my view. Well, it, not not just in my view, but uh, the documentation will prove or shows that there's discussions for the Arab Spring. But going back, even back then, um, 2011. Yeah, 2011, and then Benghazi, of course. But it, it, it just seems to me like right now. Uh, we're at war with Russia, aren't we? I mean, there's really, whether yeah. by proxy or, or soon, you know, toe to toe. Yeah, kind um, of. Yeah, you're you're underlining the problem we've got, trying to figure out who the good guys and the bad guys are, if there are any. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was I was uh, trying to connect the dots, man. And I'll tell you something. I had to use duct tape to wrap my head uh, because you've got like five different corners and five different alliances, and and it's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, some of them, somebody's going to have to blink in some of those alliances. You know, they've they've made uh, alliances, but the alliances can be broken. You know, at the stroke of a pen or blink of an eye. I mean, I, I told you Saudi Arabia and Russia are going to uh, you know freeze prices. They're also going to freeze oil output, which is because they reckon we've got a glut of oil. So if they're not putting oil out, it may turn around and make oil prices go up. I'm not sure, but Russia and Saudi Arabia getting together. Now, what's our deal with Saudi Arabia, United States? We're at war with, or we're at Cold War with Russia, but now we couldn't afford to be at a Cold War with Saudi Arabia. But yet, that's kind of how this Russian-Saudi alliance, which is forming now then over oil, is is, is forcing the situation. Oil. Can I tell you, oil seems to be one of the major factors in this whole thing, energy. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, too, when we talk about oil, a lot of people kind of want to simplify oil and the cost of oil the price per barrel but a lot of the oil um or again correct me if i'm not stating this properly or if i'm off base but aren't we talking about the cost of the well the lift costs um and the differences between getting it from saudi arabia or fields under their control versus we'll say north dakota i don't know as an example you're, you're talking uh, different lift costs and but what do you call it what are you right saying or, lift costs Lift, lift costs. Yeah, the cost to, to get the oil out of the ground. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, right. Or is is that not a factor, or is that a factor? Oh, yeah, of course it's a factor, but it's a very complex equation, as you might guess. Uh, cost of getting the oil out, cost of processing, cost of shipping, cost of pipelining, uh, defensive pipelining, if you're doing that, defensive shipping. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've... I wrote the Prime Minister over there in Israel and uh, to his uh, department uh, of, of like the USGS equivalent NTM saying, look, you know, you need to look for oil uh, in the Golan, sorry, not the Golan, in the, um, uh, the Megiddo Plain. It just uh, kind of touches the hill of Megiddo. It's, it's um, just north of Nazareth, the territory of Nazareth there, but um, Zion Oil has actually been given permission to start drilling on the southern tip of that. Now, then, that area I, I pointed out to them, but they need to have uh, oil there in that area strategically, their own oil, because they can only supply about uh, you know oil for enough for themselves out of their own wells in Israel. They can only supply about forty days worth of oil, and they're out, and that's their total reserves. So, gas, yes, but oil, no. That that oil, that uh, Afic oil. Uh, which uh, you know uh, 
uh, Cheney and some others have um, uh, put money into up in the Golan Heights is part of Syria. It's in a contested uh, demilitarized zone that Israel occupies there in the southern tip of Syria. And, you know, anybody with a brain would say, well, <clears throat> you can't depend on that huge oil supply you've just dug there or drilled there to help Israel in a time of war because you can guarantee with all those nuts running around in Syria with guns, bombs, troops, and everything, it only takes a one and a half hour, if that much, deviation from whatever they're fighting to go down and blow up the oil well there that's just been drilled in, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Golan Heights. It's not a, a place to put your strategic resource for fuel, uh, fuel and energy. Um, so anyway, I see signs of uh, Israel doing that on shore. Um, there are little kind of hills, and, you know, they're not big mountains, but there are hills surrounding that uh, Megiddo plain so that they could uh, mount some air defense uh, for fields there, and they could bury some or do them underground so that nobody knows where they are and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, satellites could probably pick most of them. But anyway, it would be easier to defend there in the Megiddo on their own dirt than it would be across the Jordan, across the Sea of Galilee, up in the Golan Heights, or out in the Mediterranean. I mean, torpedo submarines, uh, marine uh, surface vessels, could absolutely wipe out your gas and oil wells in the Mediterranean. And Israel doesn't have that big of a navy. Um, so you can see the oil, the underscore problem here with, with the oil is huge. Um, years ago, a physicist, uh, or a physics major, sorry, I guess he was a physicist too, uh, who was also a rabbi, um, became a good friend of mine, and um, he uh, spent time in Israel, and he said to me, look, we know we have a deep oil supply underneath Israel, but the Arabs have already told us in the surrounding countries, if you ever tap into that and start uh, marketing it, we will consider that a declaration of war, because your wells would be down, you know, deeper than ours, and you would be sucking oil out of our wells. And, the, of course, the response back, which was correct, was, yeah, but uh, our well being down to, our reservoir being down to bottom, uh, lower than you guys, is under great pressure. And that's why when you go to get oil, it, it tries to blow out your, your pipelines. It comes up under pressure. So you are, in essence, you're draining our pressurized oil field. So the argument goes back and forth. Um, but that that oil pool is there. In fact, I've you know learned from my dad, who was a petroleum geologist, how to analyze a lot of these things. And there are, as I've said on your program a few months back, there are two underground formations that are like <clears throat> valleys, uh, like reservoirs, uh, kind of long, longish but deep. And those, one of those, in fact, both of them do connect back up to the Afek oil deposit uh, underground. And there's a fault line where the oil that was in Afek was trapped and the rest of it went down into Israel. I'm just almost positive of it. And even the Bible supports that with the type of rock that Israel would find over the the oil. And um, it's a flinty stone, and that's that kind of particular stone it has a definite... Um, Character and I, you know, when you scan over the the, the terrain, and I found the two locations there um, at the uh, well south. No, let's see, what would it be? It'd be about east and south of Haifa, and on the edge of the Megiddo Plain. That might be the very reason that you know they have the Battle of uh, Megiddo, you know, Armageddon in that area over oil. Who knows? Who knows? Hmm. 
interesting. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's always good to keep this in the, the forefront because, you know, motive means opportunity, especially when we're talking with uh, in, in terms of crime scenes and war, you know, and biblical uh, conflict. Well, all right. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. I expect to get up any morning now then turn on the tube and see war in the Middle East. Um, and it won't be yeah. just there. When that happens, because of what Russia will have to do to support its Arab allies by treaty there, they will have to, uh, Russia will have to um, neutralize the United States. And whether Russia actually does the EMP or does the nuke attack, or whether North Korea does it from orbit, doesn't matter. As soon as it escalates over there, you can be holding on to your backside because it's going to be a rough ride over here immediately. You're not going to look at a big delay at all. Which gets back to the, the thing. You should be hunkering down, getting what you need. Uh, you, you won't be able to go to the store or travel freely if they impose martial law in a you know kind of nuclear war scenario or an invasion scenario. It's coming. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is. And I, I think sooner, like you said, I mean, it's, we don't know when, but I would say sooner than later. And people might say, well... And you've been saying that for a long time. And my re- reply would be, well, it's even more true now, isn't it? You know, I mean, it, it's... Um, well, you um, saw that, 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 that Walmart cut, you know, shut what, several hundred of its stores around the place, and the planet. And 269, yeah. How many? 269 stores. Right, okay. Well, we shop there because it's right, the super center is right close to us. And uh, Holly goes in there and, and talks with the staff and things like that. And she was in uh, this morning and uh, looking around for various things that she normally buys and was noticing holes in the shelf, no product, no product. And she was talking to some of the staff. And I said, oh, I don't know you know, what had happened. But, yeah, right. When you close 269 stores and certain things start disappearing off your stock list, you're reducing inventory. You're in trouble. And... Uh, that's not the only American company that's in trouble. So when, when this is on your doorstep, that's another pressure for you know a complete civil disorder breakdown over economy, over food. And we could be seeing people fighting over food very shortly, just like it was before a hurricane, except it's going to be bigger. Yeah, and Stan, one of the things about Walmart, um, I've been doing a lot of research on, on RFID and its various uses. Walmart installed a inventory system which tagged every piece of merchandise that they brought in with RFID tags. So they knew when, um, you know, X amount of coffee makers, we'll say, were to be sold on a certain day, that they had to restock those coffee makers because of the RFID tags they had on them. So they knew exactly the number they had on the shelves versus how many were sold that day, knowing how much more to order. Uh, to to put back on the shelves, so there should be no reason that Walmart would be or having should have empty shelves uh, unless there was some kind of you know uh, accident or uh, delay in a certain shipment. Um, but what what you're describing sounds much out of the ordinary from what I understand how they operate. Okay, well, and this is a super center, so you know they that's their big stores and. Uh, we, you know, we've been watching it. It's uh, it's something that uh, uh, should be of concern uh, to, to a lot of us. Uh, you know, we uh, are our uh, resident Baltic Dry Index expert, Larry M. from Santa Clarita, California. We've been talking about the Baltic Dry Index. But, um, it was up six points to uh, 301 today. 
Okay. Uh, but, but Stan, is this, um, I guess help, help me out here. It's my understanding this is a composite of indices, but does this affect things like televisions and electronics or, or is it just mainly for commodities like, you know, foodstuffs and grain and such? Or is it a combination of both? And really, does it matter? I guess I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, doesn't matter. Is a good question. Uh, I do think that that uh, Baltic Dry Index does take into heavy consideration, like weighted heavily in favor of how many um, sea tainers, how many ships are doing commerce, how many dollars worth of trade is going on, and um, it is. It has been an indicator that's been quite accurate for um, recessions, shall we say? But this is going to be a lot worse than that. So it has its place. Um, but I think the major player is going to be uh, the eruption of war in the Middle East. What I'm concerned about with that is Israel is connected right on this, you know, the Galilee there to the southern tip of Syria. And you might always, you might also look at <clears throat> instead of the the modern Balkan crisis focused on Syria, it'd be focused on Syria and Israel because the anti. Uh, Israel, anti-Semitic, they say, but it's anti-Israel sentiment, uh, is huge in the world and growing by day. So, um, look at all those countries that are gathering together sensibly to go after ISIS or after uh, Syria or Iran, you know, or the Kurds, and, oh, wait a minute, they're gathering all these troops and munitions right over the top of Israel. And, you know, if the alliances were suddenly to go the other way, uh, well, you'd see those 20,000 tanks, those 2,450 warplanes, and four or 500 military helicopters and 350,000 soldiers that uh, Saudi Arabia and Egypt and Jordan and Bahrain and Oman and Qatar, they've all been putting those into the area to fight over in Syria, and it's just a fall down the hill, you know, like an hour, hour and a half maximum, to get down to the Afek oils and Golan Heights and go right into northern Israel. So we have to watch that. Now, Israel is watching this. Um, and I am certain, uh, especially after, you know, Obama let some of the information out about the uh, nuclear arsenal that uh, they determined that Israel had back in the 50s and 60s, that Israel has gone far beyond that and has developed tactical nuclear devices. And I think because they are so small people-wise and land-wise and so besieged on all sides that uh, there will come a, a moment here shortly where they will unleash the dogs of war, which are nuclear, on those that are trying to invade and, uh, you know, take them down and kill them. That would include Iran. That would include um, Syria. You know, if Assad gets, you know, control of his country again, or if not ISIS and Assad, um, possibly Turkey. Uh, I doubt they'd hit Turkey, but you see what I'm saying? Um, the yeah. the Israeli factor in this is another wild card. Uh, like You had like Bulgaria and Serbia in, in the Balkan powder keg. Well, if Serbia was like Syria and Bulgaria is like Israel, they're all in the middle of it. You know, it's just an incredibly bad situation. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think many, very many people in the United States really understand or have a clue uh, about this, maybe what's taking place in the Middle East, and especially not about the massive escalation. We've never been closer you know. to a world war than we are now since right. you know the beginnings of World War One or Two, just as Stan had said. That's right. Yeah. 
Well, oh, people just really cannot afford to ignore this. I, I know you and I both know, or all three of us know, that it's a mind bender to try to figure out um, who's allied with who and you know who's up and who's going where in the Middle East. But that's no excuse for not trying to understand, not trying to uh, figure out what's happening, because a lot of people sit down with their morning coffee and, and turn on Fox News or CBS or whatever, CNN. And okay, what's today's news? And in Iran, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, get to the good stuff. You know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. local stuff. They they think it's all over there, and those that think, well, yeah, it is over there, and it might affect us, but it's just too hard. I'm going to drink my coffee and go to work. And that's the problem. Uh, they're going to get caught short. Uh, you know, when everything happens. I mean, people don't realize it's famine. You know, shortage of food on the shelves. It's only three days away if all trucking stops, you know, and trains and stuff like that. that. I mean, three days of food on the shelves in the stores. Oh, well. It's amazing to even think about. And I want to reaffirm that, uh, or just uh, uh, make mention of this again, if you didn't hear uh, Stan and and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Saudi Arabia, uh, their jets had, uh, the Pentagon is, is reporting that the Saudi Arabian F-16 warplanes took part in a bombing raid on, on ISIS over the weekend, of course, you know, but... And uh, Russia continues its bombing campaign uh, yeah. of ISIS in Syria, and subsequently they hit a hospital, a maternity, and a maternity ward, and a, uh, a school, and they've been... And doctors without borders doctors. were in there, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, the, yeah. that's the report anyway. Yeah, it's um, the, the Kurds. You know, they're they're creating a Kurdish state. It includes northern Iraq, the entire Syrian, Turkish Iraq border. I guess one can say, and Turkey is not happy about that. You know, you've got not in addition to the proxy wars and the, and the us versus them. You've got the the tribal, um, yeah, you know, aspect of this and, too. And and that's what governments use. You know, as a you know, by arming and and. Funding and supporting those local uh, uh, tribal uh, yeah. peoples to fight against each other to to make pathways for what their agenda is and what they want to bring in. Well, you know, in that uh, uh, image, I've got the middle image there on the second row of the Middle East um, on Google Earth. If you look at that and look at Iraq's border, you'll see up the, the northeastern border is up near Lake uh, Urmia. You can see that in blue. That whole corner up there is where the Kurdish uh, occupy various portions of it. It's not totally Kurdish, but they have tribal areas within that. And that's where they want to try to, Israel's been trying to get the Kurds to uh, tie into a pipeline in Iraq, down, down the southern part, or middle part of it, and go through the Syrian desert, but it's not part of Syria, over into Jordan and then across into Israel. So it could have an oil pipeline coming from the Kurds, because right now, 75% of all the oil Israel gets in is Kurdish oil. And they have been sending it up through their, uh, the Kurds have up through their, their northern border to Turkey, over through a pipeline to Turkey, and then I guess it goes from there onto ships or something down to Israel. But the oil situation is, again, the zipper, the, the, the spark, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I would hate to be the prime minister of Israel at the moment. Uh, poor man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... 
Hey, I found an interesting but not warfare type thing. Um, when I was looking at the Glen Heights and the Affic oil and stuff like that, uh, I found something that uh, is biblical but, but really kind of cool. Um, if you go to the third row of my uh, site there, the show images page on the right-hand side, you'll see see and read where Jesus spoke to and fed the 5,000. And if you click that map, uh, you will see um, kind of a little red uh, pointer with a black dot pointing down to a place called Tabga, which is right next to Capernaum. Remember that from the Bible. Now, to the right of that, straight across, uh, and just uh, you know, what's called the Kanaf, you'll see that there, straight across the uh, the uh, Sea of Galilee to the right, is where the Athak oil thing is in the Golan Heights. Now, I just found it interesting that directly across from where that oil is there in Golan Heights is where Jesus spoke to the 5,000 and fed them. And if you go back to the show images page, third row in the middle, you'll see an enlargement of the place where they say you could feed five to 7,000 people. You could see them there in the the mountainside and in the, in the little cove. And um, they, you know, it's that's pretty much, I mean, I've been in that area there. You can speak in that area and your voice is somehow carried up the hill acoustically. It's it's a, a really good thing. And, you know, you can, uh, uh, I guess everyone can hear all the way up to the, the side of the mountain there, and you can see exactly that Jesus was speaking his parables and his, his peace there. Uh, like an amphitheater. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, it's an amphitheater, natural amphitheater. And it's called by the locals the Cove of the Sower or the Cove of the Parables. And... You know, I tell you, the acoustics, natural acoustics are just mind-blowing. I mean, you can see how a guy, Jesus, could stand right down there at the, you know, the, the seashore and speak up to there, and they would all hear it. You know, they'd get quiet, but they'd, they'd hear it. And, of course, being right there next to the Sea of Galilee with his fishermen who were disciples, uh, and they got some fish and baskets and, and loaves of bread, and that's where the miracle of the blessing of the loaves and breads fed 5,000 people. And that is a peaceful, wonderful thing right across the Sea of Galilee from Golan Heights, where it's going to be, you know, the gateway to come and invade Israel. I just thought it was interesting. I, I'd forgotten about it after years of not being there in Israel and, and uh, ran across it when I was looking at all these maps. And thought I'd share that with you folks is, you know, look and see where it's true. That's, that's from the Bible. That's where Jesus stood and spoke to so many people. Well, that, that's awesome, Stan, and thank you so much for posting this picture. Actually, my wife just ordered a brand new printer specifically for printing pictures, high quality pictures, and I'm going to see if I can't make this the first picture that we print out with that, so I can well, hang link, that up well, on the wall. Link onto the site. Link onto the. If you go to the printed uh, comment down underneath, it says "see and read." Click to there, and you'll go to a Christian guy's website. And you know, he says, you know, it's not for commercial purposes, but you guys, uh, he has a copyright kind of thing lets you just print that stuff up for your own thing. It's called a photo permission. And you might e email him and get a better resolution than the one that we see okay. online because you know, those are those are okay, but you know, for what you want to do with that printer, um, and go to his page and look at it. I mean, it's such an, in an incredible thing to see all this research he's done on it. And uh, the pictures he's taken from the air and the, the map on the ground showing you know how many feet and you know how many people could sit there and who did the research and anyway that's that's all so interesting you, you feel like um t touching on pope francis little book of wisdom 
the essential teachings? Anything? Well, uh, yeah. If I what have we got here? About about uh, nine minutes. minutes or so. Uh, let okay. me. Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute because that that'll we'll run out of time on that one for sure. But okay. I I have up the top of the show me's page a a ball of little squigglies of red and green things, and if you click on that, it yeah. will take you to uh, the Guardian page where they talk about many brains could revolutionize drug research and reduce animal use. Okay, they are growing these balls from uh, of brain cells that are all linked together and firing, you know, messages back and forth, functioning as a little mini brain in a ball shape. Now, this this, this ball of brain cells that they're growing in these dishes is each one is about the size of a head of a ballpoint pen. Now that's that's tiny, but what you see them doing here for testing various drugs and things like that, that process can also be used to grow little brains that you put onto silicon chips and you integrate into a super almost human computer hmm. because the human mind works so much faster in, 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 in logic and various other things than our fastest computers if you were to make a computer that was living on a silicon chip uh, you know and could be linked together with other balls like this Lord only knows what kind of a, of a of a thinking, living organism you would get. But wow. in the time of the Antichrist, this might be, <laughs> you know, yeah. something they use against us. Ever since I've heard that a computer chip, uh, brain cells grow naturally when placed on a, on a computer chip, that just startled and shook me to the core, understanding what that means. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I see that they're continuing. <laughs> yep, yep, they're, they're getting very bold about what's going on, and Behind the scenes, you know it's going to be a lot more than this. Now, on to the Pope Francis, the simple wisdom thereof. Uh, we noticed in the last week he's been down in Mexico um, trying to pull all the Protestants into the faith down there and being, you know, bringing joy and love and happiness to the Mexicans and uh, trying to get the religions together down there. This Pope has been, in a short period of time, globe-hopping, globe-trotting to form that one-world religion that he... Uh, talked about in that 90 second video that he had um, you know where he tried to get you know, he showed the Muslims and the Jews and the Hindus and the Buddhists all coming together he is definitely making a one world religion um, if you go to that uh, click on the, the printing underneath the book of wisdom not the book of wisdom you just get the front cover but if you click on that printing it says see more in the Vatican and prophecy um, and go over to that page the first thing I've got up there is a picture that, that I created um, of the Pope, you know, his hand up in the air, saying <laughs> everyone is welcome, which is what he's saying, right? But I put yeah. three flying saucers up there with it. And why? Because the Vatican uh, Observatory and the Vatican itself have been saying, yeah, yeah well, if we have aliens come here, uh, they're entitled to be saved, too. And so, <laughs> no matter what they look like, if the aliens or the, the fallen ones with Satan come and uh, posing as, as messengers of light, He'll say, yeah, okay, we welcome them. And he will recognize uh, Satan and his minions who will be supporting the leader of the world at that time, whether it be the Pope or some other person that does. The Vatican model through the Club of Rome will be global. And I'm, I'll tell you, watch for the Vatican making any announcements about this alien business. Uh, that's why I put that picture in there, to make a graphic image that will stick in your mind. Watch for the connection between the Vatican uh, and the Pope with the flying saucer or alien involvement. 
Oh, wow. Did you, uh, oh, boy. Did you hear that? Yeah, we heard that. And wow. we, have no, we have no phones connected here, so I don't know how that happened. Oh, it might have been Holly upstairs. I should, oh, okay. I should have on the line here. Um, anyway, um, the... Also, uh, you know, back in Pope Gregory the Thirteenth's time, he uh, uh, included a red dragon in his um, uh, oh, like ornaments inside the Vatican there up on the wall, um, and on a coin that he uh, had uh, minted in 1582. Why the, the dragon is there? You'll see in this picture on, on on that Vatican page I've got there. You'll see a serpent on the outside of the coin. Uh, biting his tail and he's around the ram's head or the sheep's head mm-hmm. or something in the middle and so uh, what I see is the serpent encircling the, the peaceful sheep let's say um, I, I thought it was a strange thing for him to uh, to put up there with the red dragon and everything being part of it and encircling the church or the uh, the sheep um, and also, also we, we've, uh, Sam we've seen a lot of this of late, uh, especially in modern pop, pop culture, the Ouroboros, you know, the uh, um, that symbol of the image snake biting its tail, the, the cyclical... Uh, yeah, from the entertainment uh, industry yeah. to the uh, actual Nephilim Mounds conference uh, yes. out in Ohio yep. we went to, uh, and we got a book on all the different mounds out in the Midwest that uh, the one we visited actually had a trench dug right out of the earth and it looked like from the aerial shots from of a snake swallowing its tail. Very much. Yeah. So I yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's another thing we can keep looking for and what's happening out there. Um, uh, another point in prophecy. I'm still developing some of this. I haven't put up on the website yet, but is about you know everybody's saying well the Vatican sits upon the the, uh, the city of seven hills, and in essence, if you click at the map I've got there, the Vatican is actually outside the the um, political purple line that, that uh, and, oh, sorry, the red line, sorry, the red line that shows the seven hills of Rome. So the Vatican is over across the river from there. So technically, you might say, well, in the prophecy, the city of seven hills, seven kings sit on seven hills. That may or may not apply to Rome. Uh, Athens has uh, seven hills. Jerusalem has seven hills. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem uh, has, um, oh well. You know all the major uh, religious sites there for you know Christianity, various descriptions, and Judaism, and um, Baha'i, and all that kind of stuff. They have their their world headquarters type churches there in on top of that hill or those hills uh, that form Jerusalem. Um, Greece with Athens. I mean, okay, you've got Cyprus uh, really trying to uh, come to the forefront and make deals with Israel and Iran. Maybe he is the bad boy that's going to. be over the uh, revived Roman Empire, five to the west, five to the east, five regions that are in that Club of Rome map I've got right above the, those uh, images of Rome, or the seven hills of Rome. Um, so uh, the game's in play, and what we're doing here is putting the, the, the pieces out so that you don't say, it's got to be that city, it's got to be that guy, uh, but they're going to be rolling around in people's minds that are that are trying to understand this, and that'll probably be mainly the watchmen, but 
put these pieces together and watch the news to see for, you know, leanings going toward Cyprus or toward Erdogan or, you know, toward the Pope, uh, you know, and toward Rome or toward uh, Jerusalem where there's going to be a new temple built and Turkey wants to build a temple down there and has been making overtures to Israel about that in, in exchange also for getting gas from Israel. It's such an incredible interwoven fabric. It's amazing. Yeah, and prophecy continues to be un, er, fulfilled and unraveling before our eyes. And, uh, you know, the prophecy of the seven hills is one that's been de- debated on for, um, you know, uh, forever, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I've been alive at least and been in, in paying attention to this. And it goes back and forth, you know, whether they're talking about uh, Rome or another area. But uh, there are a few areas, as you just pointed out, other than Rome, that have and meet that description. And I wonder, I'm looking at the image that you have up on your website about those seven hills in Jerusalem or in right. Israel, and I wonder if uh, how many of those were dedicated uh, altars and ritual sites uh, to of idolatry back in ancient Israel. Or, yeah, yeah, before that, in the time of the, of the Assyrians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, there are at least... Oh, at least 50 cities I'm looking at here that uh, claim to have been built on seven hills, including, you know, Rome, of course, but, uh, you know, uh, all in New York, uh, Athens, Texas, um, you know, some of them, most of them, you can mm-hmm. rule them out as ridiculous, but there's one in Amman, Jordan, uh, there's one in Mecca, Saudi Arabia, and that one is kind of a loose thing, because if you look at it, it's, Mecca is in the middle of several mountains around it, but not on top of it, you know, it's not like a city built on that, but... Uh, using wisdom, you can look at these various things. But, uh, you know, Spain's got them, Hungary's got them, uh, Ukraine's got them. But look at the ones that actually apply to the formation of the global government and the running of it in the Middle East uh, or, you know, as far east, uh, far west as Italy and stuff like that. But, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of that. them there. <laughs> look yeah. up a list of, of cities claimed to be built on seven hills in Wikipedia. And uh, you'll find it interesting. But again, it's a number of puzzle pieces to put into the mix about who's doing what and what's fulfilling prophecy and what's not. Stan, we've reached the end of the hour. You filled that hour with tremendous content and insight, and we thank you so much. And again, we ask all our prayer warriors out there and people of prayer to keep Steve and Holly in your prayer. Stan and Holly. Stan. Oh, I'm sorry, Stan. Oh, Steve, too. <laughs> God All bless right, you, folks. my friend. Thank God you. God bless you. Night, night now. Till next week. Remember to saddle this for battle, is folks. The Global Star Radio Network.